All right. Welcome, everyone. He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells, along with a special guest host, our friend, Will Kalora, who joins us uh, as a longtime listener, first-time guest host to talk NFL free agency and more. We'll talk about Tom Brady coming back for another season with the Bucks before talking about what went down during the legal tampering period, the first wave of free agency. We'll give our thoughts on the Patriots moves, the Steelers moves, several other teams, other big names, signings, trades, things that have caught our eye over the past few days. From there, we'll talk about baseball coming back, MLB lockout finally over after 99 long days, and... We'll react to the deal, uh, what finally got things done, some of the new rules in play for 2022, and talk about some of the free agency trades that also happen in the sport of baseball over the past few days with transactions resuming post-lockout. From there, we'll talk about March Madness, give our thoughts on the bracket as a whole, We'll give our predictions, upsets, sleeper teams, Final Four, who's going to win it all, cut down the nets in the end. We'll go region by region to tell you everything you need to know. And finally, our guest Will was recently married and in turn recently went on his honeymoon. So he chose to conclude this episode by counting down our top five favorite vacation destinations. So a lot to get to in this one. With that, let's get started. So remember when uh, my team, the Jets, beat your team, the Vikings, in the NFFL championship game? No, I don't remember any any of it. Tell me what happened. (laughs) I did nothing in that game. I had to play center because our regular starting center couldn't show up for whatever reason. I think I had one catch for five yards. But my team, the Jets, won 27-21 in overtime. The only time the Jets will ever win a championship. I was literally just going to say that. That's the only time the Jets will ever do anything. Yeah, Corey, so. you're you're like a high school uh, football player who never got past his glory days, and this is the you know, the peak of where he's gonna. You know, that was where he peaked, and he's uh, reliving that uh, that that high ever since. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking back on the glory days of high school, which uh, my my athleticism in high school, it's very limited. It's like niche, like pickup games that I played <laughs> with friends and family. Was when I when I uh, yeah, if, if won pe- a game in this case, not even played well in a game. Yeah, if people asked me uh, if you ever played, if I ever played football, I would tell them, yeah, of course, I. W- I won 2012 Defensive Flag Football Player of the Year. What are you talking about? You, you didn't know that? Congrats. <laughs> I think Will won Redneck of the season. Hey, that's that's an honor that I uh, tell people about to this day. My kids are going to hear about that one. Yeah, I love that for them. <laughs> so anyway, we have Will Kalora joining the He's Done It podcast. Long time coming now. 
yeah, I've uh, you know fi- finally you've uh, allowed me on. Let's hopefully let's hope it's not the last time. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been asking about this for a while. You are like one of the fans. Like you don't have the podcast credentials that some of our other guest hosts have but hey this could be the first you know the start of a new beginning for you brian was just a random guest at one point uh, before he became my longtime permanent co-host so uh and it's kind of like how the flag football league went i I wasn't drafted but i was uh, a randomly a random free agent like hey brian you want to join our team yeah sure and then for this hey brian you want to come on for an episode yeah sure let's do it yeah let's talk about baseball which we will get into this one but uh you know football will be the main main topic of conversation which i guess just real quickly um so a few weeks ago we had a couple of our recurring guest hosts on kenny cashman and benjamin carlson and before that i decided to listen to the tales of nashville episode that brian kenny and i did about a year ago and i realized we name dropped you will like five times in that episode just like talking about random stories from high school about like you know physics class and flag football and you know all these other things like you were very much involved in that episode so some of our listeners might have a little bit of a a background into you and of course they'll get to hear some of your your nice sports takes in this hope you got hopefully those are all the good stories yeah i don't think there are any bad stories (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and i i know that you are you're big on posting like on facebook like that's where all of your big, particularly Patriots takes seem to end up. Uh, you know, there are times where I like want to jump in, but I was like, you know, do I really want to bring my non-Patriots fans perspective <laughs> with people that I either don't know at all or like haven't talked to since high school and have no intention of ever talking to again that end up in those comments. But uh, you, you are like, I think this is a much better platform for you to to share those thoughts. I, I will, you know, state that, uh, you know, my, my fandom of, you know, Boston sports, uh, my dad raised me the true bitter Red Sox fan who just expects that they're going to let me down. Uh, so with all my sports teams, not just the Red Sox, I fully expect that uh, whatever they do is for the worse and they have no <laughs> idea what they're doing and that these guys that get paid millions of dollars, I am smarter than them. Uh, so I'm, I'm one of these people that I, you know, that no matter what they do, uh, I, I can't stand anything that any of the management you know, it actually does. Wow. So, that sounds like one, me. One of, the, one of those fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's not totally dissimilar to Brian and I either. Uh, most of the time. And I, I guess let's, uh, let's talk about someone who maybe was a, a questionable decision to move on from, at least in uh, the hearts of loyal Patriots fans. And that is Tom Brady, who, wouldn't you know, six weeks after retiring says, never mind, I don't want to spend the rest of my life hanging out with my family. I want to play football at least one more year in Tampa Bay, which is seemingly notable. So I know Brian and I have talked about Brady, his retirement, some of the the rumors in recent episodes. So, Will, I'd love to give you the floor. Kind of get your thoughts on Brady in general, as well as you know him deciding to, to come back after a short six weeks stint on the retirement list. So for starters, not surprised in the slightest. Uh, you know, when, when he announced his retirement, I, you know, I, I heard someone else say this. It's Brett Favre all over again. You know, and it, it, as, as much as it pains me to say, this is exactly what Brett Favre did. The only difference is, you know, Tom Brady joined another team. You know, or, you know Tom Brady's uh, staying with the, the team that he retired from uh, for now. I, I, I do, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I do believe that this was all a part of his plan to uh, force the team out you know, for force his way out of the team. That was his way of moving on to another, you know, to, to another franchise. Cause he wants to, you know, he, he wants to build the TB 12 brand. I was a okay with 
Bill moving on from him at the time. My issue with moving on from him is there was no plan. There was Cam Newton was your guy. And, and that's what that's where I still to this day look at going. I'm I would have un, you know I understood moving on a year early versus a year late, but you moved on a year early and you had no plan. Like there there the, there's nothing that they're doing right now that makes sense of, you know, why like everything they're doing right now is essentially as if they still had Tom Brady. And you know, I, I look at Tom Brady. I still think he's the greatest of all time. And I, you know, I, for all, you know, for everything he did for for me as a Patriots fan, I'm thankful. You know, I cheer for him when he's on. I root for him in the playoffs. He's my, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are my second team. I think that whole thing was staged, and that was his way of getting out of Tampa. Things went a little south, and uh, you know, I've, I think you guys have probably heard the uh, Brian Flores connections, uh, yes. the, the the Miami the Miami uh. rumors. I, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm buying into it. I think that happened. <laughs> I Oh, I, I absolutely do as well. And I think the everyone just kind of assumed Brady wants to go to San Francisco. He wants to go play in his hometown, you know, where he grew up rooting for the 49ers. But they drafted Trey Lance. They didn't only draft Trey Lance. They traded multiple first round picks to be able to, to have Trey Lance be their quarterback. So I understand some of the obstacles with San Francisco, but Miami, it, it made a lot of sense. We know that they were the not play. totally sold on Tua, you know, Sean Payton retiring from the Saints. Like everything seemed to kind of line up. And then, of course, what happened was the whole Brian Flores suing the team kind of blew up in his face. So maybe it's like, well, I still want to keep playing. So I guess I have to stick around in Tampa for one more year. Yeah. It, my favorite. Oh, go ahead, Will. Oh, no, I just, I just, I love the takes of, uh, you know, he couldn't stand being a uh, dad for two or for two months. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, gas prices went up, so he needs to start working again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, heard, I heard those jokes too. But yeah, I agree with everything Will said that. I've, I've said several times that wouldn't surprise me if Tom Brady did come back. The surprising part for me, though, is that he's back in Tampa because I, I felt like he was just completely done with with Bruce Arians. And I, I still kind of think that, but maybe he just had no other choice. And you saw the pictures of him at the soccer game at Ronaldo's game. Uh, and like, why the heck is Brady there? It's because the Glazer family uh, obviously owns the bucks. And then obviously owns the, I forgot what team it was that Ronaldo plays for now, but Manchester United, Manchester United. Okay. Yeah. And he's there at the soccer game. And it's not because of soccer. It's because he wants to meet with the Glazers to see what his situation is in, the, in playing football uh, elsewhere. But I don't Which think it's a wild move when you think about it, like going overseas to meet with your boss to talk about your your future work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's crazy. It makes no sense. You know, you know, the thing I don't get about all this, you know, you, you have to in the NFL, from my understanding, you have to like file paperwork to retire. Like he didn't file the paperwork, so no, he never like, actually did. You know, it's, it's, it's the exact same thing Gronk actually did, and it's like, how do these franchises not realize that? The, like, I don't know what the timeline is for players actually signing the paperwork to retire, but like, how did the, like how did everybody not see this coming? Like, you know, the, he didn't. You know, I don't know if maybe they maybe they had to sign the paperwork like you know months or years later, but it, the, to me, the writing was on the wall. They 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 were running it back. They they didn't you know. The, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, besides Brady, were pretty much bringing everybody back, and it's I, I don't see how this was that surprising to so many people because I don't know I just felt like it was it, it was kind of a predestined uh, you know destiny. Yeah, I wasn't totally surprised by Brady 
coming out of retirement. I mean, six days after retiring, he's always saying, I don't know how I'll feel six months from now. Like that, it felt <laughs> like, okay, this is like not, not for real. He could have shut it down uh, if he really part, was, was retired. Yeah, for sure. I think the going back to Tampa part was a little surprising. I mean, the Bucks established themselves. Like, it, it was easy to say, oh, they're going to go back to being the irrelevant franchise that they used to be. They still have a loaded roster. That was the appeal to Brady going there. That was why they were able to be so successful, because their defense was insane. They had so many weapons on offense. And you know, who their quarterback replacement option was... I don't know. Like it could have been a guy like a Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all these names that were thrown out there. Realistically, probably wouldn't have been, but there was a reason to believe that the Bucks would still be good. So I don't know that them bringing back some of those guys was necessarily the reason to say he would go back to Tampa. I think like Brian had talked about, he felt like he didn't retire from the NFL. He retired from the Buccaneers. He retired from Bruce Arians and you know, ultimately realized that he wasn't going to get traded elsewhere and that Tampa wouldn't just let him go. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw days or weeks later that, oh, Bruce Arians, he's going to take a step down because of health reasons. <laughs> yeah. Go, go put him in like a front office shop. Yeah. Um, how about the uh, the guy who spent $518,000 on Brady's last touchdown ball like two days before? <laughs> I think he wants his money back for sure. That's 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 bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I keep hearing people like I that was you know Corey as you said my uh my my, my main source of uh, getting out my sports uh, my sports anger is through social media and I posted about that right when the news broke of the uh, of Brady coming back and people are saying oh if you have five hundred uh, what is it eighteen million or five hundred eighteen thousand yeah. <laughs> you have five hundred eighteen thousand dollars just you know, people, people, I heard a lot of people say if you have five hundred eighteen thousand dollars to spend you don't care about it uh uh-uh. uh. I don't believe no. that. If you have five, $518,000 to spend, that's the money you just spent on this piece of sports memorabilia. You are sour about that football now being only worth $1,000 because that, that right there, you know, that right there, tell me you like, if you're, you know, if you're a uber rich dude and you just spent all this money on a football, do you really want your prized possession in your like man cave to be a football that's not, you know, that, that you just got clowned on, like that that the entire <laughs> sports world thinks uh, you're a fool for, you know, for spending that much money? That is the biggest piece of shameful memorabilia. I think other people are gonna buy that for the like sole purpose of just saying to make yeah, fun of the, the fact, <laughs> yeah, that this five hundred eighteen thousand dollar ball. Look at the steal I got on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not only is it not his last touchdown pass it's not even his last touchdown pass with the box it was a touchdown pass in a game he lost anyway like there's just not a whole lot of significance behind it so you, I, I do want to give kudos to whoever sold that ball because imagine that you just cashed in on the biggest lottery check oh, you could have. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt so uh, and then, yeah, of course, the Bucks. You know, we talk about the salary cap being a myth. They still find a way to not only franchise tag Chris Godwin, bring back Tom Brady. They bring back center Ryan Jensen, cornerback Carlton Davis, big deals. They signed Russell Gage. So, yeah, the Bucks are still loaded. Uh, we talked about it last week with Aaron Rodgers going back to the Packers that the NFC is just very. The NFC like, is not as good as right other not as good as the AFC. The AFC is going to be much no. better. It's, is it yeah, next season or flipped. this season? Is it? It's now officially this, <laughs> this season, season, right? It is officially. It is past four oh one p.m. on Wednesday, so it is officially this season. So yeah, the Bucks will certainly be a contender. Of course, you'll still have other teams in the NFC like the Packers and the defending champion Rams. But there's certainly reason to believe that, provided Tom Brady doesn't finally fall off a cliff, which 
I think it would be kind of funny if like he retires on top and then comes back. And it's like, oh, and yeah. Well, now you bad. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do expect Tampa to continue to be a contender. And honestly, like as as much as I could say, like, oh, like I hate that he's back. I thought I was finally done with him. I love that he's not going to steal any shine from Ben Roethlisberger's Hall of Fame ceremony. Like, absolutely. That is relevant to to my feelings on this. So. The, the, the thing about that, it, it, there's no way they don't win the division, at least. They're going up against Whoa. a cap-strapped cap Saints. The, the Panthers, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, which Saints they're not the favorite at this point. No. And, and, the, and the Falcons, the Falcons who are also, also in, the, you know, in the market. But the, you, know, you have these... You know, you have these three essentially like, lottery pick teams. Uh, it looks the, like all you know, in the books. It looks like all three of those teams in the NFC South are in a, the Deshaun Watson uh, market. As of yeah, right so which I I think if if New Orleans gets Deshaun Watson, I think that they are a legitimate threat to Tampa just because they went nine and eight last year with Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback for a month. So they can survive a Deshaun Watson four game suspension to start the year. If that's what happens, they had a running uh, back Atlanta. At, at quarterback too. Yeah. Right. With Taysom Hill. <laughs> I know. And uh, now he can finally be the, uh, the Jack of all trades. He doesn't have to be the starting quarterback. Uh, and then of course, you know, Carolina Atlanta, it is a bit of a downgrade. I think they can be wildcard teams. I don't consider them threats as much to a, you know, fully healthy, loaded Bucks team. We'll still see what happens because they they definitely weren't as uh, dominant as they they everyone assumed they would be when they ran back the Super Bowl team. But yeah, definitely a favorable situation for Brady to come back to. That's for sure. It, it is surprising though that the Bucks really did not. You know, they 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 took a net negative this year. You know, they already had a terrible secondary, and they you know they, they lost. Uh, they're, they're losing players. They they haven't brought anybody Warren in for White the secondary. Gone. I mean, so yeah, they, they retain Carlton Davis at least. They, they yeah. bring you know they have Carlton Davis, but they they you know you, you don't have Richard Sherman was your number one corner. Uh, is, is that correct? Or did they have some? Uh, did they I mean, have Davis uh, was their number one corner? Okay, but I, I just I think that secondary is a huge uh, you know is a huge outlier for them. That's mm-hmm. that's going to be you know the, the, you're stacked at every position. It's by far the biggest weakness on their team, and we saw it throughout the entire season, especially in that playoff game versus the Rams where Cup just destroyed them, especially at the end yeah. of that game. Yep, Jordan Whitehead did leave to go to the Jets. Um, also bleeding some talent on the offensive line with Alex Kappa uh, signing with the Bengals. Ali Marpet says he's going to stay in free agency. They did bring back Ryan Jensen, but they also traded for... Patriots guard Shaq Mason, which seems like a good transition to give your thoughts on the Patriots moves over the past few days. I don't like where this is going at all for the Patriots. (laughs) When you factor in how good the AFC is starting to get with Casey's already elite and Buffalo is already elite and they're in their, the same division, of course, but now he just went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and now Denver has Wilson and, the Chargers are now making some moves with Cleo Mack and, of course, acquiring J.C. Jackson away. And luckily, the Patriots don't have to play either any of those three teams, KC, Denver, or L.A., but it also looks like they won't have to worry about playing them in January because it looks like they're not going to be <laughs> as good because it looks like they're not really improving. And we saw last year they had this seven-game win streak, was which was great, and I started to buy in a little bit more on the Patriots, but... It turned out to be kind of a fake win streak, and in the month of December, it, it ended poorly for them in the regular season, and then they 
got their ass kicked in the playoffs against a division rival. And now that, so they're not improving really. And they didn't, yeah, they lost immediately in the playoffs. And then now they're, they're losing key pieces. They, they lost, like I said, again, JC Jackson to the chargers and they just traded away Shaq Mason for whatever reason, for a fifth round pick, just as a salary dump, even though he's one of our best, not, not only best offensive lineman, but probably one of the best players in the, on the team. And then, so we don't have those two guys and we don't have an offensive coordinator and we, we don't have a replacement either. And we don't have a defensive coordinator either, really. I mean, I know Gerard Mayo and, and uh, Steve Belichick are working on the defensive side of the ball, but they don't really have a defensive corner. So it's really a dysfunctional time right now for the Patriots. And I don't feel good about it whatsoever, especially with how good the AFC is getting now. If you told me this was the offseason the Patriots were having last year, when you when you're coming off a Cam Newton year, and you know you, this is this is the start of the rebuild, you know what? Fine, I, I'll take it. Shed cap, tank, you know, tank for Tua for all I care. Like you know, <laughs> just start start. You know, if you're saying we're blowing the whole thing up to build it up again, we're going to spend a couple of years in the lottery. You know, we're going to find our you know offensive tackle of the future. We're going to find our you know defensive stars. We're going to find our quarterback. Fine. I get it. I, you know, I understand you have a rebuild like that. You, 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 you're, you're trying to rebuild on the fly and your rebuild on the fly is to get rid of your good players. I don't know. Like, like the, the Patriots are so devoid of good talent that it, it, it it's, 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 it, you know, look again, I, you know, I'm, I'm a data analyst telling Bill Belichick that he's terrible at his job. This is this is where you know, this is the this is this is where you know like you know I'm 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 sitting here you know on a, on on a, on a podcast and I'm not making the calls for the Patriots right now, but I just don't see what they're doing. I keep saying I keep hearing oh the other shoe's about to drop. You know what? What besides last year? This seems like it, the like the the stereotypical Patriots off season, you get rid of all your good players and then you scrape up the, 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 the leftovers that are, you know, in the free agent pool a week or two before the uh, draft for next to nothing for money. You take a bunch of injured, you know, injured players or, you know, previously injured players working for a contract and, and, you know, Belichick, Belichick loves that. And that's what drives me nuts is that he hates talent. it, It seems like there's no direction. You, you, what do you, why would you give up Shaq Mason for a fifth? I keep hearing, oh, it's because they're going to go out and get a, you know, get somebody else. Like Allen Robinson. Yeah. Because you, okay, you're going to go out and get another thing. Now you need to go get a guard. You don't have another guard. (laughs) Yeah. I thought thought offensive line wouldn't be an issue. I I thought that would be at the bottom of the list of things to worry about. But now that they traded him for basically nothing, now I do kind of worry about that. And that hurts Mac Jones' development. Uh, not only not having an offensive coordinator, but now having an offensive line that might not have two, maybe three of its last season starters. <laughs> I'm okay losing JC Jackson. I think the you know for the I think the Chargers are getting a good player. I think it's similar to that Malcolm uh, Malcolm Butler deal, though. I was okay not signing Malcolm Butler back in the day, and I'm okay not signing JC Jackson. But the problem is, is you don't have another guy. Yeah. You don't have some. Jalen Mills is our starting cornerback right now. Like <laughs> I don't know. We got we got torched by Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe maybe we maybe we figure out a better solution than this. I, I, again, I got I you know I, I guess I, I guess you know I got to yeah, reference back the in Bill we trust. But this seems like it is uh, you know typical Bill Belichick. You know 
trying to play chess while or you know trying to play chess while everyone else is playing checkers. I don't know. I, I I'm not buying into it yet. I I think they're you know they they're gonna have to make some big moves. And you know Brian, you pointed it out. Like all right, if this if this, if everything they're doing is for uh, Allen Robinson. The thing, you know, the thing that I want to, you know, that I talked to you guys about earlier is that over the past five years, there are, you know, the top three uh, wide receivers signed in each draft, uh, in each free agency class, uh, Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Randall Cobb, Terrell Williams, Devin Funches, uh, Jameson Crowder, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Terrell Pryor, Deshaun Jackson. Do any of those no, guys sound like not, they're going to no. fill the void that the Patriots <laughs> need right now? <laughs> it didn't sound like one of those moves actually worked out. Alshon Jefferson helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. I mean, that's one. There are a couple that like kind of stand out there. Uh, maybe like a year or two, they're really strong. But yes, it's not. It's not the best way to build teams. That's historically like how some of these teams have operated. Is free agency they're leftovers they're guys that nobody wants you're spending way too much money you're in a huge bidding war we saw the patriots do that last year and now it's kind of like the opposite where it's shedding guys and not bringing in new talent and you're also questioning some of those guys that they signed last year who were maybe parts of the reason why they won seven in a row but just as big of a reason why they lost four or five and got blown out in the buffalo game guys like matthew judon and then looking at the offense like Henry yeah, Henry and Johnny it, Smith. It was great that they Nelson Aguilar. It was great that they spent last year, but even when they spent, I did question some of the moves, especially Nelson Aguilar. That obviously he he was good in the first game, but outside of that, he was not a factor whatsoever. And you think that'd be an easy move to get rid of him and get something for him, or even just release him and find other pieces to help out the offense and Mag Jones? But it looks like they're sticking with. Guys like him and Bourne and Myers, and it, it feels underwhelming. You want to hear something, to hear something scary? The uh, seventh, uh, the seventh player, uh, the sev- the player on the Patriots with the seventh highest cap is Devon Godchow. And he, he, and he, he is, was, I believe, he was a disaster last year. Ten million dollar cap hit. In the cap is the cap doesn't mean anything. I know, but it, he it means something. And he's applying, he's counting to $10 million against your cap. How, how <laughs> I, 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 this, the, like, these are the moves of, you know, of last year you, you went out and you, you were the Jacksonville Jaguars of last year. You spent all the money in the world and you have a guy like, uh, I got to look at it. Devin, Devin making, he, he was so irrelevant last year that I can't even, I can't even pronounce his name half the time. <laughs> and it, it's, it, he's made, he's your sixth highest cap, uh, cap hit. How that, that's, that's, that's just you know that's poor GM by Bill Belichick. And, I, I don't know. And and, and also Johnny Smith, he, he made around <sighs> yeah <laughs> he made around the same amount of money, and he was also well, Godshall yeah he was irrelevant. We didn't hear his name. Johnny Smith we did hear his name, and he sucked. <laughs> it was never for good reasons. Yeah yeah. No, I mean Belichick threw out a lot of money last year, and it was one of those things where it was like refreshing at the time, and it. You know, now you're kind of seeing why he didn't like to do that. And he, it feels like he's going back to his old ways, which worked when Tom Brady was a quarterback. It, exactly. Yeah. Will, Will brought Jones in the second year of his career. Yeah. Will brought that point that it's so true that they act like they still are operating as if Tom Brady were here still, but he's not. And Belichick thinks that he's the draw. And, and yeah, some of the players last year talked about how. Yeah, it's great playing here, and we love Bill. And so Bill buys into the fact that he thinks he's a a big draw, but in reality, it's it was really that Brady was the 
biggest draw uh, instead of Bill. Matt Judon said it all when you know uh, last year when he was signed. Somebody, uh, you know, a media member asked him, "Hey, hey, Matt, why'd you join the Patriots? Is it the you know Bill Belichick's coaching scheme?" He said, "Nah, they paid me the most." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like this is this is you know, we're we're just every other team now. If not, we're 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 less than every other team because you also don't get to have fun here, according to half the Eagles players. I don't know if we're going to put any relevance to that, but you know, it's, it's it's an anti-fun, you know, football team now. Yeah. Why why would you, what is really the draw to go to new England? Because yeah, you had to, when you, when you came to new England in past years, you would take pay cuts, you make sacrifices, but for the good of the team for winning. So now we're not having fun and we're not winning. What, so what, what exactly is the draw now? (laughs) Uh, I think the answer there is there isn't one. You know, Mac Jones is not the uh, is not the the the, the all star draw. You know, take what you know, say what you want. The Pro Bowl quarterback Matt uh, uh, Mac Jones is not a draw. Right, is not a draw yet. And I will take it a step further. Going on record, clip it if you need to. He is no better. It, he was going to have the exact same career as butt fumble Mark Sanchez. I, I was so against them drafting him back in uh, last year. I, I was on record saying I don't want Mac Jones in the second. You know what Mac Jones Mac Jones did this year? He showed us his ceiling. He, he everyone's like, oh, if Mac Jones gets to the next level, Mac Jones isn't gonna ha- doesn't have a next level. You drafted him because this is like this is what he had. This is why people thought the 49ers were trading for him because what you saw is what you were getting. There was not this great ceiling behind him, and, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I think the Patriots are gonna go. You know, five years with them, and then they're going to be back in the draft lot. You know, they're going to be back in the draft pool looking for, an, you know, start looking at, uh, you know, see uh, what what would be a freshman in high school right now. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's our best chance of winning a uh, the Patriots' best chance of winning a championship with Mac Jones. Yeah, that's what's wor- that's what's always worried me about this pick. I, I hated it more then than now, but at the same time, I still consistent on that. I question his ceiling. Like you're like Will, you're saying that this is his ceiling. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I go that far, but I do worry about that. Could be the possibility that this past year is his ceiling, and that this is what he's always going to be, and that certainly would worry me. Yeah, I mean, it, he was the best rookie quarterback this season. Part but, of that was, but part of it is because NFL of the situation ready. he's in. Yes, it, it was. A great I would situation. still, I would still rather have Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence is stuck in Jacksonville, which is certainly not a great situation to be in compared to new england yeah and uh you know you could say definitely say the same thing about zach wilson with the jets and you know some of those other guys it's too early to make those uh crazy thoughts but that's the exact opposite is uh no mac jones is never going to be better than he was as a rookie so um, i love that take he's no (laughs) he's just like mark sanchez he won't be you know and and i hate to break it to you i hate to i hate to throw this stat out there too but you know who uh was uh a a quick 1a 1b in his freshman class mark mark sanchez and matt stafford they were they were their their rookie numbers actually pretty competitive you know pretty comparative uh you know, in the, which one would you? Which Mark one? Mark Sanchez would you did like? bring the Jets to two AFC championship games in his early first in his two career, seasons. but yeah, certainly more that had to do with the, the defense. Offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he did win a big game in uh, Foxborough, and they have not been the same as an organization. And he <laughs> he's in the broadcast booth now. But Matt Stafford just won the Super Bowl. So, well, anyway. 
I'm having a great time this NFL free agency period as a Steelers fan, which never happens. I mean, you know, there's an old joke that uh, being a, a Steelers fan during free agency is like being Jewish on Christmas morning. And you're watching all these other teams spend a lot of money, get all these new presents. And you're like, why can't we do this? And it's always been that the Steelers just never have cap space, which is not necessarily a bad thing, as we've seen plenty of teams with lots of cap space throw a ton of money at free agents and doesn't work out very well. But it is refreshing to see the Steelers make some, in my opinion, really smart decisions in this free agency period where they're, they have money to spend and they're, they're spending it in a lot of great ways. So, uh, Brad, I know you made fun of me a couple episodes ago for saying that I'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers, and that (laughs) hasn't changed at all. I love the Trubisky signing in context, and the fact that he's just getting two years, $14 incentives can get up to 27 which all those hit. I assume that means the Steelers went to or won the Super Bowl. Like That's how those incentives work in NFL contracts. And... Uh, from there, it's just it's led to being able to spend money in other places to improve other areas of the roster. And that's something that the team wouldn't have been able to do as well with Aaron Rodgers or another big money quarterback that would cost several first round picks and several, several, several yeah, million I, dollars. In I'm, the cap. I'm still sticking with the opinion that Trubisky sucks. I've, I've thought that from day <laughs> one, and I still think that. However... He did have one year as a backup in Buffalo, and who knows? Maybe he, uh, maybe he learned some things in Buffalo, and, and that could help him in Pittsburgh, possibly. And like you said, it's two years, fourteen million dollar contract, and yeah, they don't have to trade all these first round picks and, and pay a, a bunch of money to Aaron Rodgers, who obviously is much better, but at the same time. We have seen his playoff history uh, not go in a positive direction over the years. So even though as much as I think Trubisky sucks, I I see why it's probably a better option to go that route than than getting someone like Rodgers. Because if Trubisky works out, great. But if he doesn't, you just find the next guy. Who knows? Maybe they'll even draft someone in the first round or second round uh, in this upcoming draft. That you know, to me, this is a win-win for the uh, for the Steelers. You know, you, you're getting a guy who, at you know, at best, what is the ceiling become Ryan Tannehill with the Titans? At worst, you're now a lottery pick in the draft. You know, it's 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 a, it, and you can go get your next guy. I you know, I, I think there's, I, I to me, it's it's such a you know, it, it, it to me, it's it's such a short-term non-committal uh, you know, committal pick that uh, you know, signing that I, I think for that you know, again, it's it, you could either have. You know, would when you lose your you know longtime franchise quarterback, would you rather rather have Cam Newton or would you rather have Mitch Trubisky? And it's not even close. I'm taking. You know, I, I think the Steelers, as a Steelers fan, Corey, I would be thrilled right now, especially as a New England fan, seeing what I just went through over the past. You know, for that what 20, <laughs> 2020 season uh-huh. with Cam Newton at the helm, because. <laughs> It's this team's actually a, like a pretty good, you know, pretty good pick. There, you know, there's he, upside there. It's a, sure. it's gross that I think I'd actually rather have Trubisky over uh, Cam Newton, but I have said so many times how much I did not care for Cam Newton. Uh, his one year, super nice guy in his one year, but he was not great. But I don't blame Cam Newton as much. I blame the plan that Bill took by bringing in Cam Newton, who was clearly washed. Uh, there was a lack of a game plan uh, after not bringing back Brady. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's it's tough to you know build a team when your quarterback doesn't have an arm, and that's the thing that I think Mitch Trubisky brings is he brings a throwing arm. Uh, you know, he can throw the ball to the left side of the field. He can throw the ball more than ten yards. And, you know, oh, yeah, Cam, Cam Newton was throwing the ball like it was a gallon of milk, but <laughs> 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 not throw the ball to save his life. Yeah, and as much as um, you know, Trubisky's arm is probably. It's like there's reasons to question it based on some of his play in Chicago, which I do think a lot of it has to be pointed toward Matt Nagy and the general dysfunction of the franchise. Um, I think the mobility is the biggest appeal to Trubisky because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger at 39 years old was not mobile at all. He could barely move around. We saw one time where he scrambled and just tripped over himself. It, it looked pretty bad at times. And the, the Steelers offense was very limited because of that. So I like that Trubisky has that athleticism where if everything can kind of turn into a polished quarterback, you're looking at a the the reward outweighs the risk because if he still sucks, then yeah, you just go find the next guy either through the draft or free agency or whatever. But, but if he actually turns out to be good and he starts to become a better quarterback, then, then it looks like a good move for the, this year's yeah or when i was gonna just... say you you might disagree with this but i think if you get even if this even if the steelers get the matt nagy coached uh mitch trubisky uh i think you are still getting a better quarterback than what you saw in ben roethlisberger last year i think ben roethlisberger was you know hobbling to the finish line on you know on a, on a you know on, on one knee and uh, you know I, th- I think realistically you're gonna there's not much Trubisky can do that will be worse you know obviously turning the ball over is worse but there's not a whole lot that he can do that that will be worse than what you guys had last year because Ben Roethlisberger was uh, about a year past his you know when he should have retired yeah except for in the fourth quarter and that's the big difference <laughs> is he had seven fourth quarter comebacks I don't know what happened but just something would click once it got to the fourth quarter and the Steelers would be able to find ways to win Ben would just lead them on this one great touchdown drive and that was all that was needed and a lot of that was because of how great the defense was now I don't know yet if I can trust Mitchell Trubisky in like a down seven in the fourth quarter situation I think I can trust him more than Mason Rudolph which that's another thing like he's the cam newton potentially in this scenario but uh yeah i mean i I think when it comes down to trubisky a lot of people are saying oh the 2018 bears when they went 12 and 4 won the division made the playoffs their defense was loaded like that was what took them to the playoffs the Steelers have a pretty good defense you know i don't know if it's the same caliber as it was in 2019 2020 we saw their run defense was horrible last year they still have tj watt reigning offensive player of the year still have kim hayward an all pro make fitzpatrick's been an all pro there's still pieces there in you know, I think that it's not crazy to think that the ceiling could be that, yeah, if the defense is great, Mitchell Trubisky holds his own, thrives in Matt Canada's offense. Like the Steelers can get back to the playoffs and be more of a threat than they were than that team that got smoked in Kansas City. And then, of course, the worst case scenario, Trubisky sucks and the new GM, whoever it is, still don't have a new GM long term when Kevin Colbert retires next month. They would be under pressure to actually go out and get a legitimate long-term solution at quarterback. Ideally, through the draft, allows you to keep spending money, um, you know, in some of these high 
high cost players they have with uh, Minkovitz Patrick doing a new contract, Deontay Johnson potentially. Like that, but there, there's going to be money to spend. The Steelers will have salary cap space. So I think this absolutely agree with you. This is a win win move. And we're already seeing the rewards because the Steelers have been able to shell out a ton of money in other places. The offensive line. Don't necessarily love bringing back Chuck Sakura for it. Three years, $29.25 million. But I am a big fan of the... Um, so James Daniels, like he's one of the best free agent guards. Four years uh, with Chicago. Really came on strong. He'll, he'll be a starting right guard. And then Mason Cole, they brought as a center from the Minnesota Vikings. So that the offensive line sucked last year. I love that. We're at least bringing in a couple of fresh faces to at the very least put pressure on some of the young guys like uh, Kendrick Green, Kevin Dotson. They were both mid-round picks the past couple of years, but at best be an improvement, be reliable starters who aren't just going to let uh, Ben Rossberg get sacked before he's even able to like move out anywhere like that happened on way too many occasions just turnstiles and that's that's not what I want to have happen to Mitchell Trubisky because he he could certainly struggle if uh, he has to panic and then of course on the defensive side bringing in Levi Wallace and now Miles Jack which just crazy Steelers move when does that ever happen so the the uh, yeah, I was gonna say the Miles Jack signing is one that I I really I, wanted the Patriots I, to go I and get him. I also thought the Patriots were would be on, in on him, uh, especially I'm, I'm especially a not big having... fan of mobile guys like that. That you know he he's a he's you know, I, I I don't have his forty time in front of me, but I remember coming out of college that you know he was he had I think he had a knee injury coming out. Uh, he might have had a torn ACL, but he he was known as one of the uh, one of he probably would have ran like a four uh, like a four four uh, four four five something like that. Like he was quick. And I think adding that kind of speed to your already pretty, you know, I would call them defense. The the Patriots need more speed. Uh, Sorry to go back to the Patriots, Corey, but yeah, they need need more speed at the linebacker position instead of size and, and, and not veteran old guys that are near, near retirement. And yeah, that's the crazy thing is that my, you know, miles Jack being, 26 and a half right now joins an already very young Steelers defense. Like, you know, he could be, you know, he could join a, as part of a strong cornerstone of that, you know, steel curtain, you know, and I, I, I personally love that pick. I think that's one of their, you know, their better picks of the season uh, or, you know, the, off, the, uh, the off season so far, uh, you, know, you know, I think it's being shadowed by the, you know, Trubisky's getting all the talk because it's the new shiny quarterback. You know, you got to, you know, everyone wants to know what he's going to do. I think that one is going to, you know, going to really pay off for them with, having such a, you know, already having a great defense, adding more speed to that at the, uh, in the front seven is going to be, it's going to be difficult for a lot of offenses to, you know, to account for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the reason why the Steelers were susceptible in defense last year is because their off ball linebackers, Devin Bush and Joe Schubert were horrendous. And their run run defense was was gashed, especially. They couldn't do anything. Mika Fitzpatrick was a leading tackler. He was the guy who just had to save 70 yard touchdowns in every single play by tackling guys 20 yards downfield because the middle linebackers sucked. Miles Jack, we know, is capable of tackling guys. I don't know if he's the same player he was a few years ago in that Saxonville's defense, but I can't imagine he's going to be a downgrade over those guys. Yeah, I, I think no. It was 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 uh, uh was Bush injured last year because I remember they they he drafted... was coming no. So he tore his ACL in twenty twenty. Okay. He was coming off an injury. Okay, because they traded at what two first rounds to trade up and grab him. No, no, they that... didn't trade a future first. They just they traded a second and a third to move okay. up from twenty okay. to ten. Yeah, they didn't. So, they did move a future a first lot. for Fitzpatrick, but yeah, was... Minka was a future first. Yeah. Yep. 
which was a much better deal than the Devin Bush trade looks <laughs> right now. Uh, I guess speaking of Miles Jack, one of the teams that was has been the busiest in free agency to this point, his former team that just released him, the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably part of the reason why they released him is because of all the money they were spending in other places. So Trevor Lawrence, he has some weapons. He has some protection. Brandon Scherf up front, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, tight end Evan Ingram. How do you guys feel about Jacksonville's moves? Yeah, they 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 made plenty of moves, but are they worth it? Is the is really the question, and they certainly overpaid for a, a lot of these guys, especially guys like yeah, Christian Kirk, four years was it seventy two million? Four years seventy two, yeah, four years, four years seventy two million, two for, for thirty nine guaranteed for a guy who wasn't even. Maybe he was the most productive receiver on the Cardinals last year, but he's certainly not the best receiver on the Cardinals, and that's definitely an overpayment. And then Zay Jones could barely play the position un- until last season, and now he's getting three years, $24 million, uh, for, uh, $8 million a year for Zay Jones. That's definitely an overpayment as well. Yeah, so these moves are clearly not great value. At the same time, though, I, I sort of can't blame Jacksonville for spending top dollar because it's Jacksonville. Like, what is the draw to go to Jacksonville other than, other than spending a bunch of money? We'll, we'll give you the biggest contract if you come here. Like, sure. This is exactly what we just said that the Patriots need to do now yeah. is throw <laughs> throw the boat at <laughs> so people. So the Patriots are turning <laughs> into Jacksonville. Great. <laughs> yeah. The, so I guess real quickly on that comment. So Bill Barnwell for ESPN, he did like a winners and biggest winners, biggest losers of free agency to this point. I think it came out this morning. He said, Trevor Lawrence, a big winner because, you know, the all the help he got. And then immediately biggest loser, Jacksonville Jaguars. And he did say what they're doing reminds me of what the Patriots did last offseason, handing out a bunch of money to random tight ends and receivers, but they still don't have a wide receiver one. So so another another way to circle back. But anyway, Will, tell us why the Christian Kirk signing is amazing. So just to, just going to throw three players that are currently making $18 million a year along with Christian Kirk. Well, Christian Kirk plus... Uh, that would be Tyreek Hill and Kenny Galladay. The my first takeaway is Kenny Galladay. You know he, he was injured last year. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be ask is going to be holding out. There's no way he's he's playing for the same amount of money Christian Kirk is. The thing that drives me insane about that pick, you know that signing. You know, I, I reference back to what I talked about earlier. Of there has not been a single wide receiver in the past uh, five years who, who who was in those like top three paid wide receivers that has gone on to do really anything for their new teams. And Christian Kirk was the third best guy on his team last year. He was the third best wide receiver on his team. He wasn't even like, he wasn't a wide receiver one for his team. He wasn't a wide receiver two. And yes, I put him behind AJ green. I was wondering that who, yeah. Okay. I, I put AJ I would, green I ahead take, of him because I'd take Rondale over, over Christian Kirk. Now he wasn't as productive, but I would rather have the, Rondale the, over Kirk. I, I mean, like I, I've always known the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, Kenny Cashman, if you're listening, uh, are <laughs> such a, you know, are a, a, a terribly run franchise, but this just, it's, it's, what are you doing, guys? At least with the Patriots, I was upset that they gave Nelson Aguilar, uh, I think it was 11 or 12 million. I'm a, I, I would be furious if I was a Jaguars fan giving Christian Kirk $18 million a year. That, that's, I don't know. That's a fireball offense. If you ask me, if I'm, if I'm your, <laughs> if I'm the owner of that team and 
I, you know, my, my new GM just came to me, or actually, I believe the GI, GM stayed. But if you come to me and say, yeah, 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 we, just, still there. yeah. we just locked Christian Kirk up for $18 million over, uh, it was, what is it, four years, Corey? Yeah. If you, it, I would say, what, $18 million over four? Total. Like, that's a, that's a good, that's a good value. 18 per year. Oh, I would not be happy if I was, a, if I was a fan of them right now. Yeah, the I mean, last, that's an insane contract. Yeah, the last two free agency periods, the Jags have spent $117.5 million on their starting receiving core. And that's, yeah, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Evan Ingram. $117.5 million. That's, that's not good. So, like, like I said, I don't blame Jacksonville for paying top dollar for guys, but these aren't the right guys to spend top dollar on. <laughs> And here's my issue when it comes down to it. Like, I know Christian Kirk was valued really highly. He's a second round pick. And like, you know, he had more receiving yards than AJ Green last year. He had more catches, more targets. I think he's above him, but the Cardinals fell off without DeAndre Hopkins. So I think that tells you about Christian Kirk as a wide receiver one specifically. Uh, That being said, I think the problem with Jacksonville is because they spent all that money last year in free agency. And it was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this team's going to be competitive. Like a lot of people were really buying into them. And they went two and 15. They ended up with a number one overall pick the second year in a row. And it just feels like they're trying to spend money to stop being like a dysfunctional bottom of the league franchise. And that it just has never worked out for them. We, when they were really good, they were building that team through the draft. Like that, that was how they built that defense. And then they just, they're, they're all gone now that Miles Jack is uh, released. So yeah, their defense yeah, I mean, was I, so I don't great know. five years ago, but now it's, 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 it's not, it's not yeah. nearly as great as it was then. No, they're a train wreck and it sucks for Trevor Lawrence. And like, I, I guess like, yeah, he has some guys, but I don't know. I'm not sure that I fully believe in, in this approach and maybe by the time Lawrence has been in the league for a few years, they become a more attractive destination. I, but you it's, but it's also London. possible within a few yeah, years, right. you could be <laughs> asking for a trade or just not resign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's uh, they're, they're, they're a tough organization and um, I would much rather be a fan of the Houston Texans than the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Cause it, it, presuming that they actually do end up getting a boatload for Deshaun Watson, I slightly trust their chances as horrible as, uh, you know, Jack Easterby, whatever is there. I, I think I believe in the Texans chances of being more relevant in the AFC South than the Jaguars. And the they AFC. have Casario there in Houston now. Uh, leading things so the, the, yeah, more the, the, guy. Yeah. the funny thing I like, I've, I've heard, I've read a couple articles saying this now that, uh, that agents are now coming to like are, are going to teams who still have agents that are you know t- players that are free agents right now, and they're going to teams saying, "We'll see what you know these guys are getting in Jacksonville," and teams are going, "Yeah, you're not getting that here." <laughs> the, yeah, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going out just spending money so crazy that these other you know typically the way it works is you know if someone signs money. I'm using them as my base point of okay. If mm-hmm. they got this, I get this. And every you know, from what I from what I understand, every GM is saying, yeah, no, you, that's an outlier. You are not putting that person in this category because let's be honest. If Christian Kirk gets 18 million, what are you signing Allen Robinson for? Like, he's got to be in 20. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he sucked last year. And I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Allen Robinson, even though as bad as he was last year, he, he's still better than Christian Kirk. At the receiver position, you're not going to get a challenge here on that. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you surround him. If he's in an offense that's remotely good, then he should be he should be making more than Christian Kirk. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think when it comes down to it, Robinson's going to end up taking a one-year prove-it deal. Right. I think that's more realistic for him at this point, um, which is probably not that different than the franchise tag that he didn't want to play on in Chicago, but still did. So uh, another so there have been like a handful of big signings that I think have started throughout today on Wednesday. I think it, it took a little while, but one notable one that happened on Tuesday was – Randy Gregory signing with the Dallas Cowboys. So the point where the Cowboys Twitter account, they said Randy Gregory is back, but then immediately had to delete it because he decided, ah, never mind, I want to go to the Broncos, which apparently was because the Cowboys put a clause in his contract that he would have to forfeit money if he was like suspended for any kind of substance abuse issue in the Broncos. So that's why I went like, to Denver nah, where that was yes, it's that was what fitting. it came down to. Not not because of the team, <laughs> right? but because of their their legal situation. Yeah, because of that policy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean he's a great story. You know, the fact that he was he was gonna be a first round pick. He fell because he he tested positive for something, I think at the combine and then he was suspended. But he was a great player in Dallas. And uh I guess he's I don't know if it's fair to say he's exactly following in the footsteps of DeMarcus Ware, but the the Broncos are certainly hoping that he can be a key part to that team. Now they have Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, we've talked about the the Chargers making a lot of moves and Denver is certainly trying to follow suit. Yeah, it's definitely a great move for Denver. Of course, Wilson's the biggest attraction there, but an already good defense now adding Randy Gregory to their to their defense is, is definitely huge for them, especially in that division with Mahomes and Herbert and in, in the Raiders. That, that's that I think is why they went out and spent that money on Randy Gregory is they, you know, you have, you have two elite uh, quarterbacks that you play twice a year and you have Derek, you know, Derek Carr, yeah. take him for, take him for what he is. He's uh you know, he's a net, you know, net Arguably even, top you know? <laughs> like the, he's, he's top, top that quarterback. Sure. So, yeah. you know, you have, you have a couple of guys you got to get after six times a year, you know, and uh, you know, adding that kind you know, that kind of player to your defense I don't know. I, it's someone that I would have preferred to stay in the uh, NFC South and, or well, NFC East in NFC my opinion. East, yeah. uh, why they're in the East? I, 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 yeah, that, but, that makes no sense. <laughs> he, he's a guy that uh, I remember. My my big, you know, my only memory is him. Uh, arguably, I thought he killed Mac Jones in that matchup against the Patriots, where uh, somebody just decided we're going to let this guy get a free run at the uh, you know the front of our quarterback, and he destroyed Mac Jones. It was like I thought I I texted my dad immediately when that hit happened and said Mac Jones is dead. Like I I thought this I thought that guy killed him. Like that it was it was such an aggressive hit, and it was it was like it's the type of hit that you never want to see a quarterback take, and. I'm just I I don't want this guy in our in the division. I I want that I want I would have liked to uh, see this guy stay in uh, Dallas. But you know I I do I get it from Denver sense. They they you know Denver's always been known for their strong defenses, and you know you're you're bolstering that defense. Uh, you know let's see if let's see if it pays off. You know let's see if that if, if you know if Russell Wilson uh, if Russell Wilson has another Legion of Boom on his hands. You know on the uh, opposite the ball from him. So on the topic of the Broncos' uh, defensive moves, I do want to give a shout-out to DJ Jones, Wren High School alum. He actually graduated high school with our friend Benjamin Carlson. It's it's 
he signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Broncos. I think it's incredible. Just like thinking about the idea, you know, it's South Carolina. I'm sure it's not as rare there, but just uh, the idea of like having someone that we like went to high school with just get paid $30 million by an NFL team. Like that sounds pretty awesome. And I think uh, Ben's actually pretty good friends with him at this point. So uh, definitely a shout out to him. Really cool to see him get that kind of money, especially as a former six-round pick, uh, putting in the work to get to that point. Uh, but the money that he signed and the money that Randy Gregory signed doesn't compare to another former Bronco defensive player. This news that broke just shortly before we got on here, Von Miller, six years, $120 million to Patriots rivals, the Buffalo Bills. 45 million fully guaranteed. Uh, this, this deal right here is where I say the cap means nothing. I, I don't get <laughs> I, how you, I should, you know, I said that about Rogers <laughs> when he signed his deal. <laughs> The, the Packers yeah, he, were one of the like way over the cap, like thirty million over the cap, and it's like how are they going to bring back Rodgers? And all of a sudden, it just happens that, like, yeah. So the cap, like you said, is a total myth. I I just don't get you know I I don't get giving that kind those kind of years to uh you know to an aging you know it seems like he's been in the the league forever. Yeah, and he's, like, he's, he's still he's, he's still good, but I'd imagine I, if, he I'd, turns thirty three years old in like a week and a half. Yeah, so, so. he can be still great for the first year or two of that contract but six years yeah i can't imagine him listen that the, the the bills better hope that with that contract he's getting on the tb12 diet because they're gonna need him to last <laughs> till 39 at that price because i mean again they'll end up cutting him and blah 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 uh you know they're gonna they're gonna end up cutting him you know three four years he's not gonna play out the full six years but it's you know and he'll count as like you know five million dollars against the cap but you know it it's it, it's it's I, I I can't fathom. I would be irate if my team gave out that kind of money to a 33 year old defensive end. I, he's still a good player, as you mentioned, but I think that's a lot of money for an aging guy. Yeah, I had no idea that he would be making anything close to that. I thought he would be getting like a two year deal in like the thirty million dollar range. Yeah. He'd be getting paid for his name in a lot of ways. I did not expect it to be that kind of a a commitment from Buffalo and. Uh, that being said, you know, in the short term, he should still be a fairly productive pass rusher. We saw how much of an effect he had in the Super Bowl victory for the Rams. So uh, definitely the kind of player that the Bills would like to have on their defense. Yeah, even though he's still an age. It doesn't age too poorly. Yeah, even though he's an aging player, he's still making an impact. And we saw it in that Super Bowl with the Rams uh, versus Cincinnati. And yeah, this only makes it worse for New England that... He's going to a team that we have to play twice a year. And and we also, just like we said earlier, we just traded Jack Mason, one of our best offensive linemen. And so that just that's just going to be so much worse now uh, for New England. Adding on to that bitter, you know, New England, uh, that bitter New Englander I am, you know, now you just lost to a team, you know, 45 to nothing. And you're going to, they, they've gotten better and you've gotten worse. You know, what, what are you guys doing? Come like, th- this is just the, you know, you now have to play this guy, as you said, uh, you know, twice a year and we don't have two start. Like we're still missing a guard and a tackle. Like, you know, sure. Okay. Uh, you, you have win, uh, on a way, uh, when you, and, and, uh, yeah, my... and you don't have the entire right side of your defense and, <laughs> or your offense. Yeah, and Trent Brown might be gone. He's mean, he met with Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think he's, he's going to be gone. Yeah. He's likely going to be gone. So yeah, we will be missing three, uh, offensive line, starting offensive linemen from last year. Cause also Karras is now in Cincinnati. So that's another, another, uh, mm-hmm. loss as well. 
So what this tells me is they really don't have faith in Mac Jones because they are trying to get him decapitated so then they can go out and get a new quarterback because uh, I don't know. They, like This is not how you uh, have a you know, rookie quarterback go, or your sophomore quarterback play out there is going up against, you know, the as you said, Von Miller is still a good, you know, good defensive end. Uh, you know, sure, he's aging, but he's still performing, you know, at a good at a good click. But you're going to have these guys that are decapitating him out there because you don't have an offensive line. And, you know, it's, it, it's scary to think that these te- all these teams in the, the uh, AFC are getting so much better. And you are just you're, – you're hitting the that's reverse what's so, but That's what's so frustrating is that they made the playoffs great, but then they just got their ass kicked and they're getting worse and and other teams are getting better. And I don't – and they made it as a sixth seed. They, didn't, they barely made it in to the playoffs. Even though they're one seed, yes, but – Record-wise, yeah, they they limped into the playoffs, and it wasn't the same uh, since that win streak. I love how all these moves we talk about, we just go back to being depressed about the Patriots, or at least two of us. <laughs> oh yeah, Miles I Jack, mean, he's I, back. I he's he's signing with the Steelers. <laughs> oh great, that's that's a guy the Patriots could have gotten. Oh, oh wow, Christian Kirk, mm. he's in Jacksonville with this with this crazy deal. Remember when the Patriots had to sign all these guys just so they can barely squeak into the playoffs? Great, great. Oh, yeah, Von Miller. Oh, he's with Buffalo. Now he's going <laughs> to terrorize the Patriots all-line and Mac Jones is going to get killed. Great. <laughs> this seems like a good time to uh, take a break from the football talk. And, you know, Brian, you and I, I'm sure, are going to have a lot more free agency news and, uh, you know, more NFL offseason to talk in the coming months. But let's talk about some other sports. Uh, you know, NFL free agency has been picking up a lot these past few days, but it's not the only sport that has a free agency frenzy going on right now. And it's one that we probably weren't expecting uh, about a week ago. And that's major league baseball, who just a couple days after Brian and I were saying that, Oh, they're not going to play 162 games. Like we don't know when baseball is going to come back. They're like, Oh, never mind. Let's just reach a deal. And my immediate reaction to the deal is this wasn't worth the 99 day lockout. This wasn't worth, everything that baseball went through like yeah they changed the cbt a little they changed the pre-arb pool they have some a handful of new rules like a draft lottery and uh you know some other things like universal dh but it it was not worth the three-month wait so i'm like in some senses i'm happy baseball's back but i'm annoyed that nothing significantly changed out of all this and it's going to be five years of the same thing uh so will i guess what are your thoughts as the the pessimistic red sox fan are you excited that this alcs contender is going to be playing again soon uh so i'm going to preface this with i like what heim bloom is doing i like what he's building towards i like you know i i, I like the rebuild process i i you know I'm, I'm all on board for it what i don't get is why like you know spending money doesn't really cost you like picks like you know, I, we we are a major market team, the third third biggest market in the in the country. Spend money because you know, spend all the money in the world for all I care on sm- you know short short term deals. I don't want to give out ten year deals. I'm fine passing on those. I, I I'm I'm like I you know I I like what Heimblum's doing. I like that he you know I like the idea of you know not overpaying on long term contracts for guys that you know you're going to get four years because we're not to me we're not a true competitor right now. The Red Sox are, uh, you know, mediocre. You know, they are they are a, uh, you know, the even second, though they made they're, the ALCS, they're kind of a middler, and I'm I'm totally fine yeah. with that. They didn't bring back Kyle Schwarber because when I saw the money, I saw a tweet. Yeah, what did he end up? So getting so I saw a tweet from Jason Stark that said four years, twenty million. It's like, what? 
what they couldn't bring back Schwarber yeah, for that, like, but then I, but then all of a sudden I saw their tweets from uh, John Heyman. He said it was four years, uh, approximately eighty million. It's like, oh, okay, like twenty yeah, million so a year 20 for Carlos Schwarber. Yeah, like, yeah, forget that's, it. So, feels man, like a baseball money is crazy. Baseball money is out of this world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there have been a lot of big deals handed out these past few days. Uh, I guess so. In in terms of baseball being back in general, do you have any thoughts on the the lockout resolution? Like, how do you feel about Universal DH or you know? Any, so. This yeah. is this is one that I uh, I don't know if you guys heard Adam Wainwright you know went off and ripped Rob Manfred for not you know having not not doing anything for the players you know what it's not Rob Manfred's job to care about the players it's Rob Manfred's job to ca- care about the owners I, you know I think both sides are to blame you know you the, you're, you're you have a dying sport here so the players hey you know what if you care about your, the actual sport you're playing and not just the paycheck you're receiving now you got to give up stuff and hey owners like how much you know. You, it's it's a war of billionaires versus millionaires. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I really don't care. Like, I don't really, I don't really care about you guys bickering over money. Like, just make the sport that's, more that's, enjoyable. Like, that's what's so frustrating is that they're fighting about stuff that is really irrelevant to f- baseball fans. We want to see the product of the game better and improve. And we, you, like you said, it's just millionaires and billionaires fighting over money. It's like we don't care about. I mean, stuff. I. I <laughs> I like the universal DH. I, I, I actually, you know, I, I, I do like when pitchers, uh, when, uh, pitchers get to bat. Um, I, I personally was, there was, there was somebody who threw out an idea that I liked a whole lot more, which was when, uh, when, like if we, if the Red Sox had a national league team come to the, come to Fenway, we played with like, like, uh, your pitcher had to bat. So you play with the the rules of the away the team, away team because, team. because then as a, as a, as a Red Sox fan, I never get to see, Chris Sale get up there and bat. You know, I want I want to see this. I want to see like you know my pitcher go yard once in, you know once in a blue moon. Like you know, I know it never happens, and I know it's a given out. But I, I don't know. I I, know like, I don't mean. think the like, deep was what was broken the, in baseball. You see the pitcher bat at home and not just on the road on TV. Yeah, yeah. Like I I I think that would have been a like a you know kind of. Yeah, it adds a little spice yeah. to it. Yeah, it adds a little spice to the you know spice to what you know what we typically get. And at the end of the day, the universal DH is not the reason that the sport is dying. The, you know, the pitchers bet. You know, the, 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 these are all like you know minor tweaks of uh, you know a sport that in general you know it's that I don't want to you know for me. I don't want to sit in the sun watching a, watching a game as I'm getting you know in 95 degree you know July Fenway muggy heat while you know the, the it's a, it's a one nothing game you know the entire time like that to me is I don't know I I'll put it on it I'll put baseball on at a cookout I I think baseball needs much bigger changes down the line you know and it's it's gonna it's gonna get a whole lot worse before it gets better I think this this lockout because it ended kind of so lackluster you know the the players just kind of caved i think this is going to lead to an even bigger lockout down the road and it, you know you're probably going to see in the next 10 years you're going to see you know a, a full stoppage of play uh because the the money's just not going to be there because people are losing interest so baseball is actually making a ton of money right now which is kind of the crazy part and i think that no like they they legit are and i think a lot of it is the front come from so the, it comes from the TV ratings and adding another playoff team is only going to improve that. And you talk about like the one nothing games in theory, universal DH and the banning of the shift that'll lead to more offense. I think the pitch clock is the big thing in terms of fixing the product of the game is like getting it to speed up, which you know, there's no reason that baseball is 
the biggest fact. The product of the game pace yeah. of play is the There's biggest. There's no reason a nine inning baseball game should go longer than three hours. And we see these games go into the four hours, especially in the playoffs. And it, I, I think that there's a lot of things that baseball needs to improve. I am a big fan of the idea of a true salary cap and floor system that forces all owners to spend money. It doesn't allow a team like the Reds right now to just sell off all their players and nothing comes of it. Right now, I mean, you talked about Devon Godshaw being the seventh highest paid player on the Patriots. The sixth highest paid player in the Cincinnati Reds, Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. who hasn't played since <laughs> 2008. <laughs> yeah, and a it's uh i mean the pirates fan to me is definitely is frustrated by that the red sox is like whatever they can spend all the money they want maybe they will at some point you know maybe they'll be smart spenders however they go about it but i think that that would lead to a lot more interest in the sport at a national level when it's not just the big markets like boston new york la chicago like that can actually spend a ton of money on on players and you know make these moves and put a a competitive product on the field and then from there you can do what you need to do to make the games be 10 minutes shorter or whatever so you can't have half the league just straight up give up halfway through the year not even halfway through the year maybe even the beginning of the year really Mm mm-hmm and that's definitely something that baseball deals with and they're going to continue to deal with when you don't force teams to spend. They're, they're, I think, implementing a lottery, draft lottery system. I don't know that it really makes a huge difference in the NBA and the NHL when it comes to tanking, but we'll see if that changes anything. Certainly possible if teams aren't guaranteed a number one pick for being the worst team. I, you know, the, the, to, to your credit, the adding an extra team in the playoffs, it, you know, it, and for, you know, one thing, you know, you, you see at the trade deadline teams, you know, it's, it's, it's an arms race who can trade more young prospects for, you know, the, the, the proven know, veteran, the, the, the yeah, the mm-hmm. proven veteran at the, at the trade deadline, who's going to go on to, you know, sign a, you know, big contract with somebody else at the end. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think that if they, you know, if they could, you know, I don't believe they're doing this, but if they were to implement a draft lottery, essentially for every team that doesn't make the playoffs has a, you know, has a, has a chance to, uh, you know, Get up to you know get up there. They and are the doing picks. that. No, I don't believe they are. But if they were to do it, wait, I thought they were. I thought that was part of the deal. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't believe it's like all you know. It's every team that doesn't make the playoffs. It's only like it's it's like the bottom like you know six or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. When I so I when I read bottom six or seven, I thought that meant six like the first six through seven picks like are in the lottery. I didn't I didn't realize that's what it meant, but that makes sense. Yeah, so the players were asking for the top eight picks uh, to be like a lottery system, and, and okay. I, I think you know, hell, make it make it every team that doesn't make the playoffs because that's going to keep a lot more teams competitive. Because you know, you think about it, you're not going to have teams mortgaging the you know, like selling off. Uh, if you, if you're a you know bubble team, you're not going to be trading away half your you know half your team because you what's the what's the benefit? You trade this guy for a couple of prospects, but you uh, you know you you or you could hold on to him. And still potentially make the playoffs, and you know, you know what your consolation is. All right, we let uh, you know this big name pitcher walk walk in the you know the play uh, you know free agency, but hey, we still can bring in the uh, you know we still we still have a chance at a top you know a, a top uh, uh, draft pick this year to bring in more high end prospects. So basically, you're saying that the team who just barely misses the playoffs would have a shot at the number one overall pick. Yep. Because again, the, the it's not like the MLB or the N- NBA where or even the NHL. The the top overall prospect really doesn't they they turn they usually turn into good players but they they don't you know it's not it's not a it's so it's so much harder in, the, the in most, baseball it is way it's, more you can, difficult you can be the yeah, number one overall pick and 
barely make not even make yeah, it not even make the major as well the in major. the NBA for sure the number one guy is mo- way more likely than not to be a star and mm-hmm. and then NHL it's kind of the same but not as not like the NBA like the NBA it's basically the number one pick is a lock to be a star unless if it's like Anthony Bennett or something like that <laughs> but <laughs> yeah every now and then yeah yeah um, what do you guys think about, I guess, just like going to actual moves and stuff? Uh, what do you think about the the Braves essentially saying we're not bringing back Freddie Freeman, trading for Matt Olson, giving him a huge deal instead? Well, I guess it makes sense in that maybe they don't want to pay Freddie Freeman uh, a 10-year contract and then he's not good after, what, th- the third or fourth year? And so maybe it makes sense from that standpoint. I'm assuming Matt Olson is a lot younger than Freddie Freeman. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think it's like a five year five year difference. difference. Yeah, so I get it from that standpoint, but at the same time, Freddie Freeman has been the face of the Braves for what a decade now. So it does. Yeah, if I were Braves fan, it probably would hurt from that standpoint. But at the same time, you want to take the Belichick approach of rather being too early than too late. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think the unbiased fan in me thinks it's a good deal, but at the same time, it is probably weird uh, for Freeman to leave the Braves, especially having just won the World Series. Yeah, too. that too. So, you know, back to crazy money in baseball. Uh, the Braves really didn't give up all that much money for Olsen. They gave him an eight-year, hundred sixty-eight million dollar contract. I don't know. Like, if I'm a Braves fan, I think that's I take that deal with. You know, I don't know what I don't know what Freddie Freeman's getting, but if you know, from what I hear, it's gonna be it's probably gonna be in the twenty-five a year. And again, as Brian mentioned, he's thirty-two years old. Matt Olson's mm-hmm. twenty-seven. That, that's that. Those are easy numbers right there. You know, you take a twenty-seven, uh, twenty-seven-year-old for eight years. I like my odds better there. Just paying, just paying anybody <laughs> yeah. that's already in their 30s, that kind of deal would scare me with anybody. You know, let, let's oh, yeah. let's say they gave that exact same deal to Freddie Freeman. You know, okay, you're giving a, a 32-year-old guy eight years. All right, that might pay off. You know, that might pay off for the first couple it's of like years. It's like we talked but... about with Von Miller. Okay, it could be great for the first two or three years, but it's not going to be good at the end of the deal. And, Unlike the unlike the NBA, uh, the NFL, the MLB cap actually means like you know it does mean something in the sense of those are still yeah you know, that, that's still real money. You can't just cut those players. It's you know you can't just get rid. Of, you, know, you can't just mm-hmm. yeah. Know, I mean it's guaranteed contract contracts. Half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I think long term this will definitely work out better. Um, but it is it is one of those weird things to happen at the time, and it just feels like Freeman's gonna end up going to the Dodgers, which also kind of sucks to think about. You know, he's a likable guy going to a relatively unlikable team. So, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I actually don't mind the Dodgers. I, I think, you know, sure, they're, you know, they're buying every player they possibly can. But at the end of the day, they also, like, to me, I I, I don't look at them going, like, I despise that team. Like, they got, Part they of it is because they always choke in the playoffs. They, they never win. They ripped off a few times there. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm still, maybe I'm still siding with them in the the, the whole, uh, the, whole uh, the, thing. The, the the whole uh, trash can scandal. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 no, I, I definitely don't root for the them because I can't root for the Red Sox anymore because yeah. they are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'll root for them in certain situations. I would have no no difficulties rooting for the Dodgers over the Yankees in the World Series. that came to that. Hmm. We were talking um, about bad contracts for 30 year olds i was looking up miguel cabrera's deal he still owed 30 plus million until the year 2025 and he has sucked for how long now and he's still getting all that money and 
there's still more years to go in that contract. Just an, yeah, just that's one crazy. I didn't know he was still under contract for that much longer. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's that's what happens. You give guys twelve years deals at thirty years old. Uh, I'm just gonna and, go on record now and say I cannot wait to see what happens with the uh, Dodgers five years from now when all those players start having Tommy John surgeries and they have you know uh, nine players making thirty million dollars. I, I think that's gonna be so funny when that how pathetic that team is with a with a, a cap through the roof. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, it, that's the only way to bring them down is if they have all that money being well, spent Trevor on ba- guys that just aren't performing. Trevor Bauer and Clayton Kershaw, they're, the length of their deals aren't that long, right? I think they're both... No, Kershaw just got a one-year Kershaw deal. Just got Bauer a deal, only just, has two. Yeah, one-year deal. And I think Trevor Bauer is... Well, he has... Cer- he, technically he, has uh, he has some bad issues. He has other things to worry about other than baseball. Yeah, but I, I, Yeah, I think that they can get out of that um, fairly easily if it comes to it. Yeah. Uh, I guess one one last big contract, <laughs> the Colorado Rockies, a year after trading away Nolan Arenado and throwing $51 million at the Cardinals to take his contract, they just signed Chris Bryant to a seven-year, $182 million deal. What are they doing yeah, out that, of Denver? That makes no sense. So what, what, what do they just realize after the one year without Arenado, like, hey, we missed that guy. Let's let's go try to get someone <laughs> like him back <laughs> at third. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes it doesn't really make any sense, especially since I think Arenado at this point is the de- better, yeah, player. the better player than than Brian. Yeah. Not that Brian is like that big of a drop off, but I think Arenado is a better basically everywhere with fielding and power and everything, and average and everything. Yeah, again, not- I, I think that front office and uh, Randy Gregory are going to the same uh, dispensary up there because that <laughs> they're, 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 it makes no sense what they're doing over there. I, you know, it's it's pick a direction, guys. Just, Look at look at the Orioles, and this is what you're gonna do. Just stop, don't spend money to do it. Like just 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 tank already. We we know you're gonna do it. Let these players actually go on, you know, actual teams. Yeah, I I, I think that the Rockies are a poorly run organization, and they they've been that way for a while. But this is just it, it was crazy because I saw oh, they're aggressively pursuing Chris Bryant. I never thought he would actually sign there to begin with, but then seeing this deal and just like I I don't know what their direction is right now. Uh, one, one thing that probably didn't help them last year when they were expected to be terrible. Everyone's like, oh, the Rockies traded Arenado. They're going to be the worst team in the league. They finished 74 and 87 because they went 48 and 33 at home in the altitude at Coors Field. They went 26 and 54 away. <laughs> like a, a division winner at home if you extrapolate that. And they're the worst team in baseball on the road, essentially. Maybe so, Chris Bryant has way uh, more power than Arenado if you factor in the altitude. If, if, yeah, I mean, if we'll Chris see Bryant what happens there. there. For, uh-huh. as, as Which Aaron Otto was still great in St. Louis this year. So yeah. I think he proved that he wasn't just a product of altitude. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, Brian and I will have to do a, a baseball preview sometime next month with the season starting up on time. A week late, but essentially on time. Way earlier than we thought it would be. Um, for now, let's start talking about March Madness as the NCAA tournament is set to start. Men's tournament is underway technically with the playing games, but the real round of 64 first round tips off Thursday at 12.15. So games might have started by the time you're listening to this. Hopefully you're able to sneak it in before so these picks don't look too terrible. But let's uh, kind of walk through region by region, just give our thoughts on the bracket. 
So I guess, uh, you know, Brian and I spent a long time last episode talking about how much we love March Madness. Will, I guess, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, college basketball this time of year? Uh I personally, you know, it's one of the few times I get, you know, I actually get into basketball. Basketball is probably my number four of the big, you know, the, the big four in the U.S. Uh, I don't know. There's something about these, you know, the, the, these kids going out there and just playing their, you know, playing their butts off. Like, the, uh, was it UCF with Taco Fall against that Duke powerhouse <laughs> yeah, they a few almost years beat ago? Duke. Yes. Yeah. Like, those are the games, you know, like, I was so rooting for that team. And, like, that was the first time I heard of Taco Fall. Like, those are the games that I, I love. Kemba Walker just stealing the show, you know, when we were, I think that was when we were in high school, yeah. uh, you know, that, that UConn team taking me to a, uh, uh taking me to a, uh, uh, bracket, you know, a bracket winner. I, 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 this is what I love. You picked about, them you know, to win it all that year? I did. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I pick, uh, I, I pick some pretty crazy teams. Typically this is my first, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, vanilla, dr- uh, bracket that I've ever done. I remember, um, I remember one year. Uh, it was the year UConn won with Shabazz Napier. There is someone in my bracket group that his bracket was so bad. It was red everywhere, all over his bracket, but then just one <laughs> long green line of picking UConn yeah, to win it UConn all, and he won the pool all because all. of picking UConn, even though his bracket was busted basically everywhere. <laughs> wow. I don't know if you guys watched uh, How I Met Your Mother, but yes. whatever, every time I think of March Madness, <laughs> I think of... Uh, 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 Ted, uh, Ted, uh, Ted, the group, the group watching, uh, the watching yep. every single game. You know, yes. they're, they're like, "Oh, this is going to be the year. We're going to watch every college basketball game. We're going to know exactly what's happening." And then all of a sudden, they're like, the very first, uh, like in the in the show, like the yeah, Robin winner. walks in and yeah. she's like, "Yeah, your team just lost five minutes ago." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they dedicate all this time. I, I just love the chaos. Uh-huh. I, I love yeah. when oh, you know, sure. teams are supposed to win and they don't. I think that's no, you know that's great for uh, any sport. It's a lot of fun, and I tell myself every year that I wish I didn't fill out a bracket. I just enjoyed all the chaos, all the madness, all the upsets that I didn't predict. But I can't help myself. I gotta, I gotta fill out a bracket. I gotta throw some money on it. And I gotta see if I can do better than all my friends, and I very rarely do. Only when North Carolina wins it all, and I, I don't think they're going to this year as an eight seed. But I guess let's get into it. Let's kind of talk about our thoughts on this. Let's start with the West region. Number one overall seed Gonzaga. Number two seed is Duke. And I, I have talked a lot recently about how much I hate Duke. I don't want them to win the national championship by any means. I want to see Coach K go out in unceremonious fashion. And I I guess when I look at Gonzaga, I don't hate them or anything. I don't I don't like them though. And I, I don't know we talked about it last year whether we wanted to see them go undefeated. And I just feel like they've been at the top for so long that even though they haven't won a national championship at this point, they're no longer that like pesky underdog and they're more of just like an annoyance, if anything. Yeah, I think I think people are too high on Gonzaga, thinking that they're this unstoppable force. Last year I picked Gonzaga in my bracket to win it all, but they didn't lose a single game until the, the biggest game of the year. But this year, okay, they, they had blown out by Baylor. This year it's so last year it was Gonzaga and Baylor that just the two teams that were just by far and away the two best teams. This year, I think it's more wide open than than, than sure. last year. And I agree but with that. Gonzaga is still getting a third of the brackets at a third of the brackets are picking Gonzaga to win it all. Maybe it might be lower now, but last time I checked, it was over thirty percent. Uh, Gonzaga wow. uh, is the winner. It's like I think that's still I, I think that's too strong. 
not so like you like what you said Corey. I don't I I I don't hate them, but I don't love Gonzaga uh, like like other people. And then yeah, it's kind of annoying that they they make it to the championship game twice and they they made deep runs but they don't do anything. Like they don't win. No, and I feel like after last year, I can never trust them to win. Yeah, and I have this if they couldn't win it I have last the same year. feeling as well. I I, t- I typically hate going with number ones. Like obviously, I let them win the. You know, I, I pick them like the first couple rounds. I like I ne- I almost never uh, pick number ones to make it to the final four. And obviously, that usually comes back to bite my brackets in the. In the it's only happened uh, twice, but it's <laughs> never been four. Uh, like, yeah, I always try and yeah, yeah. I'm I'm someone who always tries to like you know pick the pick the upsets. Gonzaga is one of the few you know the, one of the few times that I've actually said you know what. I believe in a number one. I haven't picked them to win my bracket, but I have them going pretty far. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that teams that bring back, you know, that that have experience, we we've seen more often than not experience helps out in the, you know, in these tournaments. So I, I think that's going to, you know, play, you know, play, play to their advantage. I don't think they're winning at all, but I think that they're going to have a, uh, you know, another, you know, fun, solid run. And, you know, I, I think Duke's going to give them a run for their money. I, I, I think you know. Although those, I think I think Coach K, the the you know is is gonna uh, you know is gonna. I think Coach K is gonna leave that bra- is gonna be the team to leave that uh, leave the West. Um, you have Duke in the Final Four. I, I have I have Duke going pretty uh, having a uh, nice run themselves. Um, I I just can't see. I I just personally I would like to think that those players are gonna play a little harder for. Uh, you're going to play a little harder for Coach K's last season. Just like they did in his final home game against Hey, you North know what? Yeah, they, they, they let him down once. They're not going <laughs> to let it happen again, and that's my verification. They've already let him down. <laughs> well, what's uh, funny about yeah. what Will said, it looks like there's going to be two idiots on this podcast because I also have Why? Duke uh, advancing pretty you far. You have him in the final four? I have four? also in the final four, and I know that they look like a bunch of chokers right now. I am aware. I'm fully aware of the possibilities for Duke. I think they have they have as much downside and upside uh, as there is with Duke because I could totally see Duke winning it all, but I could also see him just losing to CSU Fullerton and just losing the first round. We've seen him lose to Mercer and Lehigh in past years, so I'm it wouldn't surprise nothing would surprise me with Duke, but I also like will have him going to the final four because one, it's a little bit just to be contrarian, not picking Gonzaga, but two, thinking about it, like who realistically can beat them i think duke is one of those teams that can we saw him earlier in the year beat them they did beat them yeah, earlier in the year so i think duke has as much talent as any as any team as even though they're not playing like it right now we're like we talked about they they choked versus north carolina in their last home game they choked choked it away in the acc championship game versus virginia tech but i had to give them a benefit of the doubt that they're probably super tired and they're playing what their fourth game in five days or something crazy and Virginia Tech was playing there. Same with yeah, but Virginia Tech needed like to that. make to win that game to make the turn. There was way did, more yeah. urgency for Virginia Tech to win that game because they were uh-huh. in that last four in, first four out, uh, before that win to automatic bid to get them into the tournament. So, so I'd cut Duke some slack, and like Will said, it's it's Coach K's last year. I like to think the players will play a little bit harder for him, uh, just given what's at stake uh, for for Coach K and. I can so I think I think Duke there's plenty of downside, but I have um uh, I still think there's plenty of upside, and I think that they can make a run and get to the final four. I, I should add that I'm a player. Uh, you know, I'm someone who picks very often off bias. You know, I, I my team. You know, I I almost always pick either uh, UConn, 
can uh kansas or duke those are my three teams that i always like it, my bracket somehow always ends up with those those three in my uh you know like my like i, I end up you know, being like, yeah i'm sure they're, they're gonna win those games why yeah. not like Sometimes i guess it works out you know, you know what it's it, it, it works off yeah you know, it works out for me you know a decent amount of times i never am great in you know in march madness but i uh you know i'm usually not the worst person so i don't know if that helps my uh you know, if that helps my street cred at all <laughs> i'm in, I'm, in the, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat as well some years some years it's great for me. Some years it's a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year was really, really tough for me. Um, I think the years when I go kind of against the grain too much, years when I'm like picking too many upsets, picking like teams that I don't normally go with, I think that's when it usually backfires. So I get the strategy of just sticking with the one team. Uh, that being said, I I wouldn't be surprised if Duke lost in the round of 32 to Davidson. I feel like that's a pretty good matchup. And I do have them going down to Texas Tech in the Sweet 16, who I instead have beating Gonzaga to make the Final Four. They did it in 2019, three seed over one seed Gonzaga. So I have them doing the same thing. I'm I'm, I'm fully aware that even if I have them in my... In my final four, like they could easily lose to Davidson, Michigan State, Texas. Even Tech. if I have them losing early, they could easily make the final four and win the whole thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one's more likely. Uh, one thing that I, I hadn't thought about, but I, I heard uh, a fellow Ducator point out is Texas Tech being such a great defensive team. Like they're arguably the best defense in the entire country plays in Duke's favor because it just gives the refs reason to control the game, call a ton of fouls on Texas Tech, give Duke a ton of free throws, and then boom, Duke gets to advance because <laughs> so it turns into a you know foul show instead of good defense. So that is one thing that is uh, definitely a cautionary tale with me to taking Texas Tech, but I do have them going to the Final Four. Partially the same logic, you guys, not picking Gonzaga. So let's look ahead to the East region. We have the defending national champion Baylor Bears as a top seed, and they could potentially face my Tar Heels in the second round uh, or Chaka Smart Marquette. I think a lot of people are thinking that this could be a potential early one seed knocked out. Will, is this a spot where you have a one seed going down early? So I'm going to lead this off with a couple of years ago, uh, Baylor was a, oh, a couple of years ago. It was probably like, you know, it was probably around like 2015, give or take. Uh, Baylor was a number three seed. I selected them to win it all, and they lost in the first round. Georgia State. So, yeah. Yes, then, RJ Hunter. Just like you know, I'm a creature, I'm a creature of habit. If you if you if you do me wrong once, I'm never picking you again. <laughs> and this is yeah. one of those that I have them going down in the. Uh, I have them not coming out, uh, getting to the Sweet 16 and losing in the Sweet 16 to the uh, UCLA Bears. Uh, I, I, it's just one of those again. To me, March Madness is you're 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 throwing darts at a uh, dartboard, hoping they stick. And this is one that I. I I don't know. I, they they did me they did me dirty once, and I'm thinking they're gonna do me dirty again. So I don't. I, I'm not taking them. Uh, not taking them far here. Yeah, out of all the one seeds, this is the one where I'm also the least optimistic on. Last year I had Baylor in the Final Four, but and rightfully so, they won it all. But this year I'm not. I'm not super high on them, and I have them actually out earlier. I remember last year Corey had North Carolina over Baylor in the round of 32. And that's what I'm going to go. Wait, did I actually pick them? Yeah, you picked North Carolina over over Baylor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's okay. Work out. But so that's got... one reason for me not to pick them this year. And... Hope that it happens. Hope you're right. 
I do have Bailey being North Carolina, but also losing to UCLA. But Brian, I hope you are right with North Carolina knocking off Baylor. In <laughs> but but round. like you guys, though, I also have UCLA in my Elite Eight. Yeah, well. but losing to Kentucky? Purdue. Interesting. Yeah. So I think Kentucky is like the best two seed. Which I mean, they're ranked as the highest two seed. I I I think Kentucky is a very strong team. Big fan of Oscar Shebway. He might win um, National Player of the Year. One of the best defensive players in the country. Ty Ty Washington's a fun point guard. Jaden Ivey, though, I mean, he's a big player in Purdue. I think my issue is the Big Ten was so terrible last year that, like in the tournament, that I'm scared to ride too many Big Ten teams too far. And I don't know, Purdue's just one of those teams where I remember seeing them lose in the first round last year as a four seed, and I'm just scared that they're going to get knocked out early. Yeah, this I, is a yeah. It, in this bracket, I have a, a bit of a surprise. I, I actually, Corey, against you, I don't have much faith in Kentucky at all. I you know I yeah. my I'll be honest, my the way I look at my March Madness brackets, I click on the little info button on the app, and I look at their uh-huh. uh, record versus the top twenty five, and that's uh-huh. uh, that, that's usually one of my pretty good indicators. Um, I don't know. You're three and six against top twenty-five, you know, teams. I think that's a. I think that's kind of telling. You know, when you go against actual, you know, when you go against real talent, I think that uh, that that shows something. And you know, sure, sure, Murray Murray State is zero and one against top twenty-fives, but that's a small record. <laughs> they, 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 thirty. <laughs> I think they're thirty and two yeah, overall, though. Right? They're, they're riding. They're riding a good win streak right now. I think it's a twenty-game win streak, something like that, going into the tournament. I don't yeah, know. I think that. I think you're looking at what could be, you know, some magic brewing right there. Well, it looks like Will. Oh, I'm totally nervous about Murray State because uh, I, I could absolutely see them knocking off Kentucky in the second round. Well, it looks like there's another similar thing to Will and I's bracket because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do have Murray. <laughs> yeah, so. So like Will said earlier, he has some biases with certain teams. I as do I. Uh, I, I. I have some Big Ten bias, but another bias I have is those mid-major teams that have amazing records and great offenses. Yeah, and Murray State, no, it, 30, 32 totally record, it. great offense. And I know they probably haven't played great teams. It's probably mostly shit teams, but I, Murray State has had some good uh, success in, in the tournament. I remember they had, they've had a couple upsets as like 13 seeds but yeah they, this is a different situation a now like where they're the seven seed and <laughs> yeah and, and i'm not the biggest calipari fan and so yeah murray no, State. Over I, I totally get it i'm not a huge fan of kentucky as a south carolina gamecocks fan so uh and even as a north carolina Tar Heels fan like that is a legit rival so i it, i guess in a perfect world i would be okay with kentucky losing this matchup uh but i just i don't know i i'm riding them and this feels like a setup, like the classic two C that I picked to make the final four that I don't actually like that loses to a 15. And I'm upset about the, the loss of a 15 seed instead of happy if I just didn't pick them to advance. But I, I think that this just reminds me of 2017 when they played Wichita State in the second round. And I think a lot of people were pretty high on Wichita's chances. They gave Kentucky a run for their money, but the Wildcats ended up advancing. So that's kind of the logic I'm using in this spot. Wait, so Will, who do you have in your final four in this region? Uh, so I have, uh, UC, in the Elite Eight, I have UCA, UCLA uh, beating Purdue. Okay. And so Mine I have is, UCLA going into the uh, final four. Mine is the Purdue opposite. over UCLA. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a little nervous about UCLA because, like, I feel like teams that go on those crazy runs of the Final Four and, like, everyone's like, oh, they're going to be so much better the next year, they tend to flame out. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about that with them. But I still think, you know, as, as long as they're healthy with guys like Johnny Juzang. Yeah, Juzang and, was great last uh, year. Jaquez Jr. Yeah, they, they have, they're battle-tested. Like, they were great in the tournament last year. So I think I have reasons to believe that they can win yeah, a few Yeah, they're battle-tested. And they probably have the easiest path as a four seed, arguably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think, I mean, Baylor is the, the lowest number one seed for a reason, right? Yeah. And I know they dealt with some injuries this year, so. I'll, I'll be honest, guys, when I'm reading, you know, so I, when I'm reading through, like, these team summaries on ESPN, the line that sticks out to me here is UCLA's size is also a big advantage as they uh, as they have only one starter who comes in under six foot seven. I don't know. That's that 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 speaks a lot to me. Small ball. You know, when you have, when you have a when you have a big team like that, that's a you know, th- look back at how uh, look back at how Taco Fall controlled that game against uh, you know against Duke a few years ago. When you have when you have real size in these tournaments, I I don't know. I think there's something to it. I I think there. I, I that's why I'm I'm looking at them saying they can make they can make a run here. Is when you when you have when you have a good sized team. Some you know you you can you can kind of beat up on the little guy. I, I meant, just because they're all at least six seven doesn't mean they're all seven five. Like they're, they're, you they know. don't have a taco <laughs> ball. That's why I said small ball, like six seven. Like that's not that's not that big. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't know how big their uh, starting center is, but no, I mean, I I am a believer in UCLA when it comes down to it. I, I'm just nervous, and j- it's the same thing with Kentucky. I believe in Kentucky, but I'm nervous about them. Every year a two seed goes down early and wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, you know, Murray State racers pull off that upset and, you know, bust my bracket. So let's shift over to the other side of the bracket, to the south region. And Arizona is the number one seed. So if you um, have been in March Madness pools with me in the past, you're familiar with my history. You'll know that I have a very love-hate relationship with Arizona. And by that, I mean I love them before the tournament starts and then hate them as soon as they're eliminated and get upset way earlier than they should. It started in uh, 2014 and 2015. Back-to-back years, they're number one seed. I picked them to win the whole thing. They lose to Wisconsin. Both times. Yeah. Both times. It's not not the end of the world when you're a one seed losing the Elite Eight to a two seed. That's whatever. But I kept riding them. I was smart in 2016. I they were a six seed. I picked them to lose in the first round. I think the Wichita State nailed that pick. Then 2018, they were four 20, seed. Well, skip ahead. Oh, no, no. 2017, 2017, they're a two seed. I'm back on them. I pick them to go all the way to the national championship game. Lose to my North Carolina Tar Heels. Instead, they lose in the Sweet 16 to 11 seeded Xavier, who ended up losing to Gonzaga to get them their first Final Four berth. And then yeah. 2018. This they're is a four seed, the, and they're like a fav- the breaking moment for me. Four seed favorite to go to the final yeah, four. Exactly. They're yeah. a four seed, but they're like in a Virginia favorite, region. and then they lose to Buffalo. <laughs> I think it was 13 seeded Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> so I was at a, it, this was like St. Patrick's day weekend. I was back in my college town in Columbia, South Carolina at a bar in five points, watching this happen, sending like, horrible things and text messages to my friends about Arizona and how I'm done with them. Like they're a joke. This is right after the Sean Miller NCAA investigation stuff. And with DeAndre Ayton paying him money, I'm like, he needs to be fired. Not because of the FBI stuff, because losing this game and (laughs) 
all, you know, it was, I was just so done with this team. And uh, I guess, you know, fast forward a few years and there's a non-zero chance that by the time you're listening to this podcast, he's going to be the next head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. And I'm not ready to change my tune on Sean Miller. I hope he goes back to Xavier, doesn't get hired anywhere, but there are rumors. Someone updated his Wikipedia page to say that he's the head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. He just fired Frank Martin. And uh, I don't want that to happen just for those reasons. Him constantly letting me down at these great teams that sucked in the tournament. That being said, now that they have Tommy Lloyd coaching them, I'm back on Arizona, and I I have the Wildcats going to the final. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping you would just say that you like you have them out early versus uh... no 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 Sean Miller's gone. Tommy right. Lloyd, former uh, Mark Few assistant at Gonzaga, is taking over. I'm I'm all in on Arizona at this point. <laughs> well, that makes two of us because I also have Arizona. In my final four and a little bit further as well <laughs> than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Corey, what's the, uh, how, how are we going to split this money when Brian and I play, uh, you know, got <laughs> each other in our, in our league because uh, the, <laughs> I'm the exact same. I, I got them going, going a good ways. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> it would be poetic for them to lose to Illinois in the sweet 16 after I had the line. I win it all last year, only for them to get knocked out in the second round. But, uh, you know, I, I believe in Arizona. Benedict uh, Matherin, he's great. A little nervous about Kirk Krissa, their starting point guard. Have you seen his ankle? He tweeted out a photo of it. It's a little more purple than a I think a I did see that. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it looks bad. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. And that would certainly ruin these uh, hopes and dreams I have. But it, it sounds like he's going to be good. So, uh, but that, that's certainly something to watch for. But. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were great this year. I think that they're right up there with Gonzaga when you look at the top teams in the country. They just won the Pac-12 tournament. They did very good in Pac-12 play, so I have reasons to believe in them. Um, I guess I want to look down at the bottom of the bracket because there are a lot of teams in here that are of particular interest, even if we don't necessarily have them going all the way to the Final Four. First one that stands out, of course, Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Brian, I know you're a huge love, fan of the Ramblers. Love me some Ramblers, yeah. <laughs> How far do you have them going this so, year? So I have them going to the Sweet 16. So I do have them being Villanova. Villanova. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, we might as well just copy and paste our brackets. <laughs> it's funny because I always like, I'm always nervous talking about this because I'm like, half the people that listen are probably in my bracket pool. But I, I love that you two in real time are like, oh, no, we have the exact same bracket. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to pick, I can't just not pick the Ramblers. I got to pick. No, I, get it. So I, I got yeah. to pick them to go a couple of rounds. So I have them, yeah, I have them losing the Sweet 16. However, the team I have them losing to might surprise you. So I feel like there are several years where we'll see a team that after the bracket gets revealed, we'll see it. Oh, you already know where I'm going with this. That's funny. Yes. We'll see oh, a team 100%. that gets crapped on just, oh, how did this team make it to the tournament? No way they should have made it. And then all of a sudden you'll see them make a big run. We saw it with VCU. How the hell Syracuse did they make it? every single How year. did they yeah, make right? a run? And then all of a sudden Syracuse is a 10 seed. How the heck did they make the tournament? They make the final four. Yeah, and, UCLA barely making it last year, going to the Final Four. And then I know, it happens all the something time. Something with eleven seeds, whatever for whatever reason, the eleven seed. <laughs> well, Don't you dare tell oh me you copied this one. Too. <laughs> you have Michigan in the Elite Eight. You have Michigan beating Loyola Chicago for the second time in four years. <laughs> oh my god, 
That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. You you said the exact same thing that I was thinking, but I still think that Tennessee is going to knock them out in the second round. But I would not shock me at all if Michigan actually goes on this run. And if you're going to ride an 11 seed like this, like that's the something with it. 11 seeds. We saw, like we said, VCU, George Mason, Dayton made it all the way to the Elite Eight one year, and something about 11 seeds. And then Michigan, they've had great a great track record in the. In the tournament, they, they haven't the won recently, but they made it all the way to the championship in 2018 and 2013, made it all the way to the lead eight last year. So yeah, even though they have not had a good year whatsoever, I got Michigan in my elite eight because of all those reasons and trends. So <laughs> that's so great. Nice. <laughs> so I too have Michigan in my elite eight and I have Michigan in the sweet 16 playing Loyola Chicago. And the only thing I want to say about that one, I had a very tough time pick, uh, picking the winner of that game. Part of me wants to go with Loyola Chicago. And the reason I say that is people often reference uh, the, the shooting of Harambe as the, uh, you know, the, the start of all the chaos in our world. And you know what, dang it. I think it's going to take sister Jean being the one to lead Loyola Chicago to a uh, to a national championship to get us out of this cluster we're in. You know what? If she if that happens, I'm sending her over to Russia to take care of all that because she is because it, she will be the 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 wholesome figure that we need on this planet right now. And, and you, you know, for anybody listening right now who's going to say, "Oh, well, you're basing your uh, picks off nonsense." You know what? No, that's what this tournament is about: making picks off nonsense, gambling off of things that mean nothing. That turn out to you know be the reason you won. That's why I love March Madness, and that's why I'm. I had a very difficult time uh, selecting uh, Michigan over Loyola Chicago. I ended up going with them. I ended up going with Michigan as well. Uh, you know, but I, I, I do think you, that's this bracket is where I think you're, this uh, this branch is where I think you're going to see a lot. You know, your biggest uh, your biggest shuffle in the in the tournament. Can't believe that's the same bracket, basically. Still, <laughs> I incredible. thought I was gonna have such a unique bracket. If I turns out, we have to, like, basically the same bracket, copy and paste it. Uh, all right, well, let, let's advance to the the final region, the Midwest region. This is my region of chaos. I'm just gonna go out and say that. And there, there's one team that I'm particularly attracted to, and I think that they have an incredible path to the Final Four. And that is the Wisconsin Badgers, three seed. Not only is their path starting in Milwaukee, in the second round, they're going to face either an LSU team who just fired their head coach and Will Wade or an Iowa State team that started off strong but really faded down the stretch. Already making the assumption they beat Colgate. They have, hey, 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 no, let's, <laughs> let's settle down. They have a two seed Auburn who started off awesome and then kind of started to fall apart down the stretch. I know Jabari Smith's probably the number one overall pick in the draft, but I don't think he's enough. And by the time they'd play him, it would be in Chicago, which might as well be a home game for Wisconsin, given that they've never lost a tournament game in Chicago. And then looking out at the top half of the bracket, Kansas is the number one seed. I think Kansas is a very good team. I think Oshay Ogbae was the leading scorer in the country, but when it comes down to it, I just don't believe in them this year. I don't think that this is uh, one of those great Bill Self teams. Some of the others, a lot of people are really high on Iowa. Like so many people are taking Iowa to the Final Four. They're they're hot. They just won the Big Ten tournament. I just think that they're going to let a lot of people down. I'm fading them. Like they're the team that everyone else is high on, so they have to crash and burn. Four seed Providence, one of the luckiest teams in the league this season. And they're another team that I just can't trust. 
So I just love Wisconsin's path to the Final Four, which means what's going to happen? They're probably going to lose the 14 seed Colgate <laughs> in the first round. This was Corey. This is all the makings of my Baylor situation from a few years ago. This is all the makings of that Baylor situation happening once again. It's it's if you have them going too far. Thank you, because that's going to help really help all of us going against you in the brackets. <laughs> there are a lot of no, there have been times where I've had final four teams get knocked out in the first round. And uh, I know everyone's high on Colgate. They gave Arkansas a run last year, but I don't know. I'm, I'm buying Wisconsin, buying Johnny Davis. I, I think that they're a very good basketball team. Brad Davison and a lot of people hate him, but. Yeah, I'm uh I'm all in on Wisconsin. Yeah, I I'll admit this is probably the the region I had the toughest time with because all right, you look at one seed Kansas. So Corey, you talked about how much you just hate uh, Arizona when it comes to the tournament. I I, I and then yeah, Will Will Kansas. loves Kansas. I never ever get Kansas right, no matter what they do, no matter how far if I'm winning at all or losing early, it never works out for me with Kansas. Well, let me let me know what you go with, because then I'll adjust my bracket accordingly. I'll do the opposite of what you're doing. <laughs> so, because of that, what Will just said, I I'm taking like a middling approach with Kansas, where I have them in the Sweet 16. But the thing is, so like Corey said, Iowa is is like this really popular pick, and I hate that because that's that's who I have going. You want to pick? Yeah, them, I yeah. want to pick them. But all of a sudden, I, I I do some research and I see. Oh, I got Iowa going to the Final Four. I got Iowa. Going. Everyone it's just on like, TV. Yo. Really? Like <laughs> like this guy and that guy and that guy. And it's just like uh-huh. I, you feel like you're you're smart I, with the five yeah, seed, but everyone. But is then all of a sudden, everyone's picking. It's like, all right, well, let me look at other teams. And you brought up Wisconsin, and I Wisconsin. We've seen several several years make all these great runs when they made it to the final four one year and then make all the national championship the very next year after that when in the Kaminsky Sam Decker era and they've made other runs as well but but yeah Colgate over Wisconsin that's a popular upset pick like 14 over three upset pick I think that's the yeah most if you're gonna pick one that's definitely one yeah like that's leaning toward so I I've I've flip-flopped with that but at the same time like who else do I really like in the lower part of that region and it's like yeah like what you said uh with smith jabari Jabari smith like being the number one overall guy like i mean like who else do they really have on auburn even though there are two seeds so i went with wisconsin as well as in the elite eight but like i don't love it but it's also just because i don't trust really any of the other options like i don't yeah yeah, like i don't really want to pick like lsu or iowa state or anything like that so yeah so i have wisconsin making a semi deep run and fall into Iowa. Yeah. This, this is where I'll say I'm, 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 I'm almost, I'm almost completely vanilla on this one. I, this is a, this bracket to me is a very, uh, you know, I, I think all but one matchup I have, you know, the, the top seed winning and, you know, I know that's risky, but it's like, you know what, I, rather than trying to, you know, pick these one-offs that, that, that lose, I'm going to go with the, you know, I'm going to go with the, uh, more probable option. And you know, the only, the only one I think I, I have Iowa that's upsetting Providence, I think that's really the only big, uh, the, the only big upset, you know, tech. And as you said, it's not really an upset, but, uh, you know, then I, then I have Kansas walking out of here. Uh, again, one of the teams I just pick off and it's, a uh, one of those things that, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, broken, a broken clock is right twice a day. It, and that's, that's kind of what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll admit I, I have Iowa, but I don't love it. Like I said, because of the popularity of, of 
people picking Iowa in that region, but it's like, I don't, I hate Kansas. <laughs> I refuse to pick them. And then, yeah, Auburn, they got one star player and I don't really trust their, I don't trust, even though they made a final four run a few years ago, I think it was 2019 and then they lost to Virginia. Yeah. 2019. Was, was uh-huh. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't know, but, and then, but Wisconsin, they is, were also banned from always... the tournament last year. There was no tournament in 2020, so that was their right. last time in the tournament. <laughs> and then Wisconsin was always they've they've been fun to watch like several years ago when like I said in the Kaminsky era. And so I have them going on a run, but yeah, I'm just going with Iowa, but at the same time I don't love it because everyone else does too. Yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say this is my least chalky region. I have both South Dakota State and Miami in the Sweet Sixteen. South Dakota State upsetting Iowa, fading them, and then uh you know, Miami over Auburn. I always have to pick a two seed to lose, and I believe in Auburn at least. Yeah, I, I have I have the Jackrabbits over Providence as well. There you go. All right, so let's uh, let's move ahead to the final four now. Will, who do you have cutting down the nets in New Orleans? Uh, this is one that you know I, I went against what I typically do. Yeah, you know, I, I went with it. Went with one a team that's not my typical three. Uh, I I have Arizona walking away with it all. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I don't know what it was. There was something in the air when I was hitting the little uh, the little gray infos on the app, and uh, they, something something about them stuck out stood out to me. I don't know. They're, they're going to be partying down there in uh, in in Arizona. They're they you know Rob Gronkowski is going to be down there, and it's going to be a good old time. Who do you have them beating in the championship? I don't want to talk. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because. Uh... I don't know if you remember, but back in 2001, do you know what the final was, Corey? 2001 was... Who the two teams were. It was... Was that Duke over Arizona? Yeah, it was Duke and Arizona, but I don't have Duke winning. I have Arizona winning as well. Uh, I I was looking at our group right now uh, with all the teams. I saw a team that says... Uh, Coach K's last choke job, <laughs> and uh, yes, <laughs> uh, I have Duke making a run, but I don't have I don't want to pick them to win. Like they're 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 there's definitely they're a choking thing about that team. And what better place to choke than especially in Coach K's uh, last year than the national championship game? There isn't a single coach who has uh, more losses in the championship game than. Coach K himself <laughs> losing four times. So what? Really? Yeah. So let's go with that narrative of that. Uh, him losing that the most amount of times in the national championship and of a repeat of that final. But how many? How many wins though, yeah. Brian? How many? How many? Five. Five. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. not that. Okay, that, that's a, that's a mediocre average. Yeah. That's a. But, but you yeah. got to even it out yeah, though, right? <laughs> make it make it five and five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have yeah. I have Arizona over Duke in the championship game, and I'd imagine Will probably does too. <laughs> I <laughs> I also have Arizona. I haven't beaten Kentucky, so mm-hmm. that's a little different. But all right, I guess we are officially an Arizona Wildcats podcast. So <laughs> uh, hopefully, anyone listening to this, you know, they they're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so if you still need to make your like, bracket, I would very much recommend Arizona losing Arizona. in the first matchup because <laughs> yeah, there's a 100% chance of none of us being right. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's funny is that the very first game of the round 64 is Colorado, Colorado State versus Michigan. I can't wait for that pick yep. to go. That's Oh, that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I'm at the point go where I think flames. I got to root for Colorado State for sure. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
All right. Well, that was a fun exercise. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that you two have very similar brackets, and I'm uh, not totally different when it comes down to the the winner there. Uh, but anyway, let's get ready to wrap up this episode with our top five. So, uh, Will, I guess, and you know, congratulations again, getting married, and thank you, uh, thank you. You you went on a, a honeymoon shortly after that, so I assume that's the reason why you chose top five vacation destinations. Uh, yeah, you know, it was just kind of fresh on the mind of uh, wishing I was on a warm beach somewhere. Uh, you know, and actually just, yeah. I, if I could just take a quick pause and give a quick shout out to, uh, Debbie Novotny for, uh, driving a white t-shirt to Corey in Worcester, uh, <laughs> was Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, yeah, my button down that I need to he, <laughs> Being in a wedding, he forgot his, uh, his white shirt, his white button down yes. dress shirt. And, uh, Corey was more nervous than I was that day. Uh, it, it was so, <laughs> I just want, wanted to give that quick shout out because uh, it, the photos would have looked pretty funny without uh, with Corey oh. in a different color shirt. Okay, yeah, with that I, said, I would have lost my mind. With that said, also, also let's get on that to note. yes, let's go ahead. My and number, count my down. number well, five. Hey, no, settle down. Oh, jeez, it's time. Yeah, with that being said, <laughs> let's count down our favorite vacation destinations in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. You got to save some time for LeBron and Drake to intro us mm. in. I know okay. you've listened to an episode or two yeah. before. You know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number five, uh, and I fell in love with this place uh, last year, uh, Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh, it is such a such an awesome place uh, in the summertime. Um, I, I, I went there a few times as a kid. Awesome lake. So much to do up there. Uh, you know, good company up that way as well. Uh, yeah, very, very great place for, you know, uh, for anyone down, down South, if you ever come up this way, got to give, uh, got, got to give Lake Winnipesaukee a try. I've been to Lake. Also shout out Debbie Novotny again for <laughs> providing you with a place. <laughs> I've been to Lake Winnipesaukee a few times and I certainly have enjoyed it as well. I, but I couldn't put it because I haven't been in so long. I think it's been eight years now for since last time I've been there. And so I didn't think it would be right for me to put it there if I haven't been there. And it's probably not as much as well either as well. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, my parents just bought a lake house and it, it's still growing on me, but I, I am a big fan of it. And it, I think because it's like my parents' house, it doesn't necessarily feel like a vacation to me, um, even though I don't even live in New Hampshire anymore. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a great place. So I'm glad to see that on your list at five. So for my number five, well, before I get to my list, let me just say that there are several places that I wish I could put, but I've never been to. So why the heck would I put it? And so these are top five (laughs) vacation spots that I've been to. (laughs) So let me just clarify. Yeah, it's not dream vacation. It is like actual places we like to go. Yes. Yeah. So for my number five, I went with L.A., California. I've been there several times because I have several family members from my mom's side of the family that live there or have lived there in the past but have moved and it's certainly a great place to visit it's definitely the complete opposite of new england especially the weather and that's definitely one of the things i enjoy uh la uh the most about as well as just a lot of places to go to and a lot of things to do and last time i went there was three years ago and i went for one of my cousin's weddings it was in technically Irvine, California, but close enough. It's LA, yeah. LA County, right? Yeah. And that was definitely, a f- maybe. Yeah. And it was definitely a fun wedding and 
was interesting about that wedding, I think I've told you, Corey, is that the bride, uh, her her uh, parents were friends with Katy Perry's parents. And they were... Really? You didn't tell me okay, that. Okay. And she, Katy Perry wasn't there, unfortunately, but her parents, her were, parents were. And her dad wow. was the... What do you call it? The... Not the, like the priest or the moderate... The guy... Like the JP? The, he was the, the whoever, whatever it's called, the, the, just the minister. minister. Yes, thank minister. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he was the minister uh, of the wedding on that day. And what's what's also funny about that wedding is that, you know how like you you uh, you, you catch the garter like for the guys? Yeah, I was the one yeah. that caught, caught it, but <laughs> haven't like no luck for no luck <laughs> since it, do you have that on your dating profiles? Like, I think if you put that there, like that might you know spark a little. True. If I make a dating profile, that might be the first thing I put. Yeah, like I'm due. I'm due. Yeah. <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> I, yeah, and the profile picture would be me like holding it. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a fun place to visit, uh, especially if you have family there, and especially if if there is a wedding, it's wedding season there as well. So, L.A. Yeah. was my number five. I've never been to LA. I've never been to California at all. I, I feel like one of these days I have to go out there. It's just never been on my my bucket list. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on there. Even even outside of Irvine, there's a lot going on in LA. Yeah, I've been so. to uh, Disneyland, which which is uh, in Anaheim, and then there's Legoland, yeah. which is in San Diego, which is even farther, but still kind of the uh, same general area of Southern California. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, definitely a beautiful far. place to visit, but ridiculous mm. prices. Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Basically anything. Uh huh. So my number five is so in general, I say the Appalachian Mountains, but I'm specifically talking the Tennessee, North Carolina, Great Smoky Mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains. So in college we used to go to gatlinburg tennessee for a weekend every january we had our mountain weekend there so that's like dollywood area uh always a fun time just uh you know 70 of us in a house just hanging out drinking inside you know it sometimes it snowed out there which is kind of cool but uh big fan of those mount weekends and then even after graduation um, my first couple years living down here, I went to mountain weekends in Boone, North Carolina, which is your Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, one of my my friends down here went to Appalachian State, which is in Boone, and they have a high country beer fest at the end of August every year. Always lines up with going back to school, kind of like an end of summer thing, and did the same thing. Just rented a, a house two years in a row, got a lot of people to go to that, which was a lot of fun. Uh, for me, that's kind of what I like to do in the mountains. I'm not as much of a big hiking guy, but I love to go to the area and just be somewhere, drink, hang out with friends, have a good time. And uh, it's it's definitely a, a fun place to go to. And I like it in down here in this area where it's, uh, it's a little nicer, um, you know, a little warmer. It's not as much as like the, you know, the northern Appalachian Trail where I'm going to get stuck in like a blizzard somewhere. So for uh, my number four, I have uh, Aruba, and I went there. Part of it is, you know, part of the reason I have this on here is because of the time in my life when I went. When I when I turned eighteen, uh, when we graduated high school, um, my brother had also uh, around that time had just joined uh, the the U.S. Army. So my 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 dad, and my stepmom were like, you know what, we're gonna take you guys to Aruba as Will's like you know high school graduation present, and uh, you know your brother's like you know congratulations on joining the army present. 
And I was 18 years old and the drinking age was 18. Uh, and every hotel, we stayed at like the, this uh, hotel on the beach and every hotel was uh, happy hour. You know, our hotel was happy hour, 12 to one. The hotel next to it, happy hour was one to two and happy hour was buy one, get one. And I remember just getting shattered because I, I did not have <laughs> any kind of tolerance. And yeah, while we were there, yeah. and while we were there, was when the Bruins were playing the Chicago Blackhawks oh, in the Stanley God. Cup Finals. And uh, although we lost that <laughs> series, the I don't know if it was just if only you know people from Chicago and Boston were in Aruba that weekend. But we, we my brother and I went to a sports bar, and uh, it, they divided the entire bar. If you showed up in Bruins gear, you were on this side. If you showed up in Chicago gear, you were on wow. that side. <laughs> and uh, somehow the waiter decided, you know what? These guys are dressed. Yeah, you know, these young guys are all dressed in Bruins gear. We're going to set them in the Chicago Blackhawks section. And if you guys don't remember how, I believe it was Game Six ended. Uh, yes. The Ryan uh, knows all too oh. well. We score a goal. I get up and I'm feeling good. I start screaming in the face of some you know, some uh, Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> fan. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks going to score two immediate goals. They score, and that entire table jumps up and starts screaming at our faces. It was like I, I thought we were going to get beat up. It was a great time. Very much recommend it. Warm beach, warm water, great drinks, uh, great food. It was it was a fun time. One of those memories that I, I you know I, I don't think I'll ever uh, you know get past. Yeah, I unfortunately have a vivid memory of that night too. Being in a <laughs> friend's basement with ten other people. I think Corey was there too, and yeah, I, was I think there. I'm. I don't want to say I was the only Bruins fan there, but I think I was the only one that lost my shit when uh, <laughs> when uh, that <laughs> that that third goal, uh, the, well, the second goal of two, uh, 17 seconds uh, went in, and the Blackhawks took a three-two lead, and then the Blackhawks ended up winning the Stanley Cup. I left and I drove around Nashville for probably like at least one, maybe two hours, just trying to get over what just happened, and. Uh, yeah, that was not not a good night whatsoever, uh, and certainly a memorable one too. Unfortunately, I was not exactly as a, <laughs> as an exotic of a location as Will, though. <laughs> yeah, how, you know, at least at least for me, you know, how are you going to be mad when the uh, you know when you walk outside the bar to a beach? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, very very different situation to that one. Speaking of beaches, for my number four, I went with Wells, Maine, and. I'll fully admit that I part I put this part of it because of my last name <laughs> matching up with <laughs> the town of Wells, Maine. Uh, and I, I like the Wells Ogonquit area of, of Maine. It's definitely a very relaxing place to go to. Uh, love love it during the in the sun in the summertime. Now it is there are do a lot of people that do travel up there, but it's it's really nice to visit during that time. Go to random diners to eat out. And also to go to the beach, of course, and just relax. And it's definitely, and then the summer is, of course, a perfect time to go. And so, so I went with that as my number four, but Wells specifically because I'll fully admit it's my last name. And anytime I go to the, a <laughs> diner and they see the credit card, like, oh, Wells, like that, that's interesting. Like, yeah, do you own the that, place? That's, that's yeah. exactly what I tell the waitresses. <laughs> like, yeah, I own yeah. the place. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I own this place. I own this town. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's that's fun i uh i spent a week at wells beach in like 2010 so it was like over a decade ago i haven't been since but i do remember 
three things specifically. One was playing Ultimate Frisbee the second day we were there. And my mom, so we were there with like a couple of families um, and like one of our, our friends who was probably like fourth or fifth grade at the time, dove for a Frisbee, his wrist landed on a rock and he broke it. So he spent the rest of the week at the beach in a cast, which sucks for him. Um, I remember it rained most of the week anyway, so it wasn't the end of the world because, you know, we couldn't really even enjoy the beach. And I remember getting these really good donuts from some local donut place there. I don't know if you could guess I, I, what this place I, I was. I think I've but... had it too, but I forgot the name of it. I don't know if there's probably multiple That's true places, too. Yeah, it's but probably I, I do remember those. One place. So, yeah. Um, so I wrote down New England beaches here, but the more I think about it, I shouldn't count Wells Beach from that trip. I shouldn't count Old Orchard from a weekend Will and I spent together <laughs> recently. It's, it's very much Hampton Beach in New Hampshire. That is my annual beach vacation. My family, several other families. Is Hampton my favorite beach in the world? Absolutely not. If I could go anywhere to a beach for a week, would Hampton be the place I'd go? Absolutely not. But that's the place where my parents rent a house every year. And it's always a great excuse to go back up to New Hampshire in July, which is when maybe it's a little more fun to be up there than in the uh, you know the swampy 100-degree weather in North Carolina. So uh, always a great great time up there we've been going i think 23 years is what it's going to be this year Uh, fantastic tradition and the beach we have it's like kind of like a private section where we are um so it is nice we can avoid most of the main hampton crowd when we want to but it is fun to kind of go down there explore the boardwalk people watch go to bernie's uh, some of the other bars down there it's 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 a good place to be I won't necessarily recommend some random person from a different part of the country to go there, but it is my my favorite beach, um, you know, just the one that we always go to up there. So it's going to come in at my number four. Congdon's Donuts was the fun fact about Bernie's Beach Bar. Fun 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 fact about Bernie's Beach Bar: my stepdad cleans the beer lines there. Just uh, really little little, little fun fact. Does he get any deals because of that? Uh, This is expensive. I've never been there with him, but I'm sure he he, he's pretty good with the owner. Yeah, you get the land shark buckets. They also have a really good um, like milkshake thing. Uh, I forget what they call them. Like a like a banana monkey. So it's like a chocolate banana <laughs> drink. It's so good. We ordered those at uh, at the lake last time we went up with you guys. <laughs> uh, didn't we order? Oh those yeah, at, you're right. Yeah, the, the, those were no, the they were nowhere near as good. The one, <laughs> they were nowhere near as good on the one in Bernie's. <laughs> so the place. Yeah, wait. What was the place? Con- the Congdon's Donuts in Wells, Maine. That sounds relatively yeah, familiar. A lot of people go there. Uh, Okay. What's I mean, it was what's, 11 years ago, 12 years so, ago. So. He could have said anything, and you would have been like, yep, that's that, that, true. That, yeah. Yeah, probably, <laughs> sure, that might have been it. So the, what sucks, though, is that the one memory I have, though, is that I remember when I was driving, I had a flat tire, and I had to pull over, and that's where uh, I happened to pull over was that place. Just at the donut yeah, place. Just happened, so. just, it's not so a bad I, place to deal with a flat so tire. I ended up getting uh, donuts, and as some guy was helping me fix my tire. Yes, I don't know how to fix a tire. <laughs> <laughs> random fun fact i don't know how to right. yeah one. i couldn't do it either uh so for my number three I, i'm kind of going back to Corey's appalachian mountains with i'm going with uh vermont specifically the killington area uh my family has a uh ski camp up up in that area um it is uh like you know in the side like the middle of nowhere we don't have cell phone service we have electricity we don't have running water we like it, it is like the definition of roughing it it is uh super peaceful just like get it like you know we we have we have an acre of land uh like no the the closest house is about a mile down the road from us uh 
like we, we have, you know, we're, we're, we're very secluded. We have big bonfires every night and it's just a, like a very like, you know, relaxing, peaceful getaway. Uh, there's the white river right next to it. Uh, we, we get to do, uh, like tubing down the white river, uh, in the summertime, grand time spent, you know, just, you just drink the entire way down the, you know, as you float, uh, that, that, that will always hold a special place in my heart, uh, just because the, you know, you know, the, the family, family house there. And, uh, you know, there's also plenty of skiing, good fishing out that area, uh, up in that area, um, and some good breweries. So, uh, always if you have another chance to check out the Killington area, the, uh, the, uh, that, that whole area is beautiful. You know, any time of year is a good time to go. Yeah. Flowing down rivers on tubes is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you, Brian. Actually, I'm, I'm almost positive. You're not a skier. No, I'm not a skier. No. So, yeah. No, New England winters are not fun for I us. Sk- I skied, I, <laughs> that is a good place to go if you're I skied once you know, and, normal, I guess. I skied once, and it was when I was much younger, and it was a disaster. <laughs> I'm sure if I maybe yeah, tried it again and maybe life. learn more, maybe I'd enjoy it more. But, yeah, the one time I tried, <laughs> I... I basically failed at it yeah. yeah my i i don't necessarily remember this but uh my uncle's a big skier and he tried to he asked me one time if i wanted to learn and i said no thanks i'm not really into extreme sports <laughs> <laughs> i mean that it might as well be to me <laughs> all right so for my number three i went with italy but specifically i went with florence italy i remember of course, several years ago, we talked about this on the Tales of Nashua episode, Corey, where uh, me, Kenny, and others, we went uh, we went over to see another friend that was studying abroad in the UK, but we also went to Italy, and we went to Rome, and we saw the Roman Colosseum, but I think I liked Florence a lot more. There was, uh, I mean, maybe not a lot more, but I definitely, I had more on, it was your, your yeah favorite. it was my favorite yeah, yeah. there's definitely a lot of beautiful places to uh sightsee and there's basically pizza and gelato on every corner i guess that's anywhere in italy but definitely florence for sure and then yeah and it was definitely <laughs> i i definitely had fun i don't know if i think kenny did to a reasonable extent but i <laughs> i definitely you yeah yeah we can go back and if listen you, if you go back and listen but yeah 10 I, minutes, you'll hear all yeah, about it i certainly had a time and uh and yeah <laughs> so that's why i specifically uh, put that because of personal memories. yeah interesting yeah. yeah yeah maybe i'll get to italy at some yeah because you were still, still waiting for my 2020 yeah because you got screwed over by covid yeah Corey, good time to go. Uh, Milan, Italy in 2026 is hosting the Winter Olympics. Uh, We didn't even talk about the Winter Olympics on this podcast. We're a sports (laughs) podcast. We didn't even mention the words until now. Yeah, we didn't even. Not only did we not have like a segment, we didn't even talk about it it once. Like, hey. Didn't even say we don't care about it. (laughs) Hey, it's it's a mostly sports podcast. Quick note: I did realize as uh, as I was watching the Winter Olympics as a five uh, nine uh, white kid that my kids are probably very not gonna, they're not going to be good at sports because I was not good at sports. The one thing I have going for me is I could potentially get my kids into the biathlon. Uh, that's the ski, cross country ski, and then you shoot, and then you shoot stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think I could have something going for me there. <laughs> I actually do like the cross country skiing. The few times I've watched it, it gets really intense at the finish line where everyone's just. <laughs> chugging <laughs> with the with the with the skiing and you see like 10 guys at the finish line and and one guy will beat another guy by like 
a middle second, and it's it gets really <laughs> and bad. they collapse to the ground and they they're gasping for yeah. air. They they they're struggling. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually a I think an underrated sport in the Winter Olympics, and then of course the most uh, overrated ones curling, right, Corey? <laughs> oh, don't yeah. Oh, easily the most overrated. <laughs> yes. You it's probably harder than I think it is, but you're just, just sweeping up. I don't care how easy or difficult it is. I just think that people like they say they like it, but they don't actually they don't love it as much as like it's overhyped is the way that I. Describe One time it. I asked my dad, I, I asked him, would you be proud of me if I were on the <laughs> National Olympic curling team? And he said, not really. <laughs> not 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 yes or no. Not really. No. <laughs> Like I'd probably yeah, read, maybe I'd probably be there and reading my book and, and then see what's going on and then go back. Yeah, to right. I don't know. I think the coolest thing, like the coolest thing you could have hanging in your man cave at home is a gold me- is a gold medal that you won in the curling for team USA. <laughs> I don't know that think that is such a conversation piece that I'd be proud. I'd be, uh, yeah. Corey, Corey gave the shout out to the kid who's, who, uh, you know, signed a $10 million contract. That was a sixth round yeah. pick. I would be telling everybody, heck yeah, I went to high school with the kid who, uh, just <laughs> won a gold medal for curling. team USA yeah. curling. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So my number three, I, I don't know how to describe this other than central Florida, but it's a combination of Orlando and the Tampa area. They're connected on I-4. I didn't want to put one over the other for two reasons. One is that I've only been to like Tampa, St. Pete beach, I think three times in my life. Once was a whole week there, but I was in fourth grade. So my experience wasn't the same as some of the others. And then I went one time, just a day to Bush gardens, went to a Rays game, spent the whole time nauseous after riding a, one of the corkscrew roller coasters early in the morning. It was not a, not the worst day. It was fun, but it was kind of miserable. But then spring break, senior year, we went to Orlando. Like We got a house in Kissimmee for a week, and we made a day trip out to St. Pete. And I, I had so much fun on the beach. It was a great time. We, we were drinking illegally on the beach for a long time. Got away with it. The more we had, the less we cared until eventually a cop pulls up like one of the the cops on like the you know the the sand trooper things whatever they are and uh <laughs> i just remember we were trying to take a group pick and the cop was like you need to get this alcohol off the beach and uh before like my my friend was like wait real quickly can you take a pic of us <laughs> to the coffee is like absolutely not get out of here with that uh so that, that was a fun experience but then i also have a great time in orlando i we went out a couple nights there in downtown orlando it was cool they had some some fun bars there um and then of course love the amusement parks whether it's disney world universal i'd never been until this trip i had so much fun the day we went to universal so that whole area orlando tampa i've been telling myself for years now that i need to get back down there i want to drink around the world at epcot i want to go back to universal ride on the hulk and other roller coasters there um it's it's been too long but yeah i'm kind of grouping them in together it's it's one of those things i'd want to do both at the same time so that's my preferred vacation is going to orlando and tampa for a week so so I'm going to use that as my jumping off point to go yes. to my number two, which is the uh, – I was very specific with this, uh, well, or not specific, however you want to describe it. <laughs> but I just said the Orlando amusement parks. I love Universal. I love Disney. Uh, I had a tough time picking. I, you know, they're, they're both so much fun for their own, their own you know, unique ways. Um, uh, I, I, Disney, I think, you know, one of my favorite, uh, favorite things from Disney uh, is 
drink, drinking around the world. Uh, my senior, my senior year, we, uh, of college, uh, my, my school basically paid for the entire trip. You pay 500 bucks and you get to go for like a full week. Wait, your school paid for that. Essentially you, you as a, you as a student pays $500. The rest, the entire thing is funded by the school beyond 500 bucks. It was a steal. I thought that was just was, like your friends decided to go. That's, no, that's no awesome. I was like in, in every scene, like pretty much every senior ends up doing it. So I got to go down with a few of my fraternity brothers and the, uh, four of us ended up doing around the world at the same time. Uh, we got pretty buzzed. Like it, it's, it's, it, it is sure. a good time. Yeah. It's 11 uh, countries. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, some, some are better than others. Uh, but we, go, so we finish it up. One of my buddies has to, uh, one of my buddies leaves and goes to, uh, you know, his, his, um, girlfriend who's now his wife was there. Uh, and you know, he goes, he, he did around the world. So he, you know, drunkenly went off with her for the rest of the day. Uh, another one of our friends wasn't feeling too well after 11 drinks. So he went back to the hotel Makes room sense, to sleep yeah. and me and my buddy Raj, uh, we decided, you know what, we're still feeling good. We're going to go like get back on the pony. And we went over to, uh, Hollywood studios and I think it had just rained or something because we were able to just get on Tower Tower one after another. Uh, like we were just able to keep after... riding it. Oh man! And we were fine. We were not bad. the The problem was is that we our decision making was compromised at that point. So we decided okay. that it would be really cool if we weren't buckled in when we try that. <laughs> so we tried three times to get a, get away with it. The first time. Raj like didn't buckle and Raj is what Raj was is an international student. So, uh, they, they, they have a little sensor that tells you, all right, you're, 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 uh, you're, 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 you're person in so-and-so seat. You're not buckled. And he played it off. Like he didn't speak English. Like he was just like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, the second time I just like, I pulled as much uh, attention as I could sat on the, like the actual, the like extra. And they have something that like sucks the, like the seats back in because they knew I was trying to sit on my seatbelt. Uh, and then the, uh, the third time we were going back up again and we were sitting in the front row and I'm like, Raj, you know, it would be so funny in the photos is if our hands and feet are all up in the air at this, you know, as, as we're going down. So we throw our feet up on the, uh, like the, the sill of the, of the tower terror. And we're going through the little like part where it shows like the, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't been on where it shows like the ghosts and everything, they stop the ride, turn the lights on and say to the two gentlemen in the front, uh, make sure, please put your feet back, in, uh, back in the vehicle uh. immediately. <laughs> so we put our feet back in and the uh. second those doors opened after the ride, we just sprinted out because there were people there waiting to like escort us out of the park. I wasn't wow. about to get put on the list. We took off, didn't go back to that park for the rest of the trip. And it was a great time. One of, one of my top, you know, top stories, uh, you know, it, it was, it was one of my favorite experiences. So that is why it, it will forever go down in history as one of my favorite locations. I, I totally get it. I don't know if I'm more impressed that you avoided, you know, getting taken down by security or that you did three straight trips <laughs> after drinking without throwing up at all. <laughs> I've, I've only been to Florida once, but I was eight at the time and it was Orlando and I got to go on the Disney cruise. And then after that, I went to the theme parks like Disney World and Universal. But at Universal, the best rides, I wasn't big enough at the time. He's the only eight. Yeah, I was like, yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, eight years old. And so I wasn't big enough to ride some of the rides, which sucks. So so if I ever get to go back, yeah, I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun to go back to Disney World or Universal. And then so for my number two, I went with Las Vegas. And so I've been twice, but the very first time I went, I was six years old and I was sick. So that doesn't even count. So the first, uh-huh. so this past late Who September- a six-year-old to Las Vegas? It's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, 
it was it was we were actually going our family and I were going to the Hoover Dam and the <laughs> hotel we stopped through Vegas. the hotel was yeah. the stop oh how convenient yeah how convenient <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> uh so late sep- last September late September early October was really the first time I actually got to go to Vegas and actually mm-hmm. have to actually actually the actual yourself. experience yeah. of Vegas and yeah it was definitely a lot of fun definitely gambled a lot um Corey and I and others we went to uh the pool and pool party and I certainly would like to do that again uh I'd probably have a better game plan on what I drink next time because (laughs) mixing kind of mixing pina coladas and Budweiser at the same time is really really stupid (laughs) uh (laughs) but either way I I certainly had a good time and there are some things like that and going to the sports book where I would do the exact same thing again, but if we did go back again, I would like to do that, but also maybe go to, I don't know, maybe more go to like a show. Yeah. Like a show. Exactly. Yeah, maybe dude. do just mm. more things. Cause I, even though I got to do playing things in Vegas, there are definitely some things I wish I did or wish I did more of or, or whatever, or less of <laughs> in some aspects. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Vegas was definitely fun and would like to go back and some I'm sure now during college basketball, I oh my god, Vegas must be nuts. Uh I yeah, I've there. definitely talked about with friends going for the first weekend of March Madness. This feels like a great weekend to be out yeah. there. Uh Vegas is also my number two. You knew it was gonna be on my list. I, I love it out there. I've been, I think, six times now, and I'm going back in May for a friend's thirtieth birthday. So uh, quick, quick return for me after just being there in October. I, I love it. It's a, a great place to go. I always have a great time and feels like I have a better time every time I go. So it's uh, a place that's always going to be a fun destination for me. And uh, there's no beaches there. Uh, there are mountains, but I don't go for that. I go for the, the fun side of it, you know, hanging out at the casino, hanging out in the clubs, at the bars, everything, and uh, seeing seeing a lot of good friends that I don't get to see all the time, whether they live out there or just go with me. So Vegas, for sure, is my one of my very, very best preferred vacation destinations. I Have you been to Vegas yet, Will? No, I was going to say, I, I, I went to Atlantic City for a friend's bachelor party, uh, and Atlantic City was a blast. Like, you know, we went because we, uh, Nick, uh, my, my friend wanted to go to Vegas for his bachelor party, uh, but we, we just kind of slept on it too long and we didn't, uh, mm-hmm. the, like, flights were going to be, like, ridiculous, you know, ridiculously expensive. Um, plus, COVID was kind of at a peak. So we were like, you know what, we got to figure out a different solution. So we ended up doing Atlantic City. Uh, I've never been to Vegas, but from what I understand, it's a, mini, you know, Atlantic City's a mini Vegas. And, mm-hmm we had a blast. Like it was a grand time. Like I will say like we were in, it, we were in Atlantic city for three days. That was plenty of time for me. I did not need to spend any longer <laughs> yeah, there. That like, sounds like the perfect yeah, by, the, by the third day driving back, I was a okay to be leaving. Like, you know, and from what I hear, yeah. Vegas is this, you know, similar I was just about to say, like three, with Vegas, three day town, like with Vegas, uh, I arrived, Corey arrived a day earlier though, but I was there for like a yeah. week last well, time. Okay. Oh, well, but it was like, I also spent a lot of it off the strip doing my own thing. But I, I will tell you by the end of it, I was like, I, I was, I was when dead. I, like, I, when I went there, <laughs> I arrived on a Thursday afternoon. And the reason why I picked that day was because I wanted a full Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And I felt like that mm-hmm. was a appropriate amount of time to spend in Vegas. Yeah, no, totally. 
Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing Tuesday night to Friday morning, so just going for the weekday, getting hopefully hopefully some cheap deals and in, in places, but yeah, getting out for the weekend. It's right before Memorial Day weekend too, so I know that's gonna be an expensive time out there that I'm avoiding. So uh, uh, to steer the ship, uh, I my number one in honor of this uh, in, in honor of this uh, this this theme today, uh, Punta Cana. Uh, it's where uh, my wife and I just went for our honeymoon. Uh, we were there for, uh, we stayed in an all-inclusive uh, resort. Um, and that was my first experience with an all-inclusive. It was unreal. Like, you know, we, we didn't realize, we didn't realize how it was supposed to go. Uh, like we, we didn't realize, like, you know, it was endless food, endless alcohol, like as much as you want to drink, whenever you want to eat, however much you want to eat. A guy next to me ordered six lobster tails. Why? Because he could. Nice. Like yeah. it, it's it like, that is the story. All-inclusive, like, you got to get your money's worth. The, the, the waiter looked at him like, are you really ordering six lobster tails? And the guy looks at him saying, are you paying for it? No, then serve me six lobster tails. And the guy was like, sure, sure thing. Like it was, it was just, you know, it was a combination of it being February here. We left during a snowstorm. We landed in 85 degree weather. Um, all you can drink, all you can, you know, all you can eat. It was a grand time. It was a, uh, you know, and also it holds a special place in my heart because, you know, it was the honeymoon. Um, mm. if, if, for those who have not experienced an all inclusive, definitely give one a try. Mid midwinter, great time to go to a you know sunny, warm place of the DR. I uh, I was told that like if you left the resort, it could be dangerous. I'm sure it could. Why would you leave the resort? It was all inclusive. No there was no to reason to leave. <laughs> we, we you know they, they they had seven different restaurants. Uh, all you know bars every five feet. It was great. Uh, very much would recommend. Uh, gonna give a quick shout out. Excellence Hotel in uh, Punta Cana. Great place. Very much recommended. Nice. So for my number one, I went with the Philippines, but specifically Cebu, a city in the Philippines where my family uh, is from, and I've have visited there several times. And I'll fully admit it's completely biased that I picked it number one. <laughs> I don't know if I could re- recommend it to friends because not my friends are really are Filipino and all, so like why would they go? But as someone that's been several times, I. Uh, enjoy it so much anytime I go and seeing family and also going to a lot of beautiful resorts. There are definitely some poor places uh, in the Philippines, but there are a lot of uh, amazing places to visit, uh, especially resorts. And I definitely have a, I do a lot of when I go there, whether it's going to the beach or going boating. Um, one of my uncles has a really nice boat and and then also one of my cousins, he, uh, when he was younger, he was like one of the, like a, a big, uh, go-kart racer. And so my cousins and I, we would spend a lot of time go-karting and family and I did a lot of sky, skyline. Just like casually go No, so like my cousin, like, like he, competitively he was, like professional? was a go-kart really? racer. Yeah. And. Interesting. I don't know why I'm surprised that's a thing, but because it makes sense. But I just I only picture go karts at like a like an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, well, the go karts are a little bit like faster the... there. Yeah, um, <laughs> we we don't go to go we don't get to go on the super super fast ones, but they're definitely faster than like the ones you like you you see in America, or at least the ones that we've been to. But uh, yeah, so a lot of things uh-huh. to do like that and skylining, and then a lot of places to eat out, and also a lot of great nightlife as well and another thing is the drinking age there it's not 21 like it is in the u.s it's like it's 18 but it's honestly younger i remember when i was there for new year's several years ago a bunch of my cousins and i we went to a club and one of my cousins was like 
like 14 <laughs> and he got in <laughs> yeah, like, they don't care yeah. in the slightest so that's another great thing about there nice. is that you can start drinking like at any age really yeah <laughs> and so yeah super fun place to visit but i'll fully admit of course it's because of family reasons and but get to do a lot there yeah, for sure. And I mean, that makes sense. And I, I, I think that the Philippines would be a cool place to go, even if you don't have family out there. But, you know, certainly it helps a lot. Certainly yeah. belongs at number one. No, I mean, I, yeah, not surprised that it's your number one. Uh, my number one is kind of a, a callback to, to Will's. I've never been to Punta Cana. Uh, the rest of my family went without me one year when I was already in college and couldn't join them. <laughs> but before I went off to college, my family had a couple trips, uh, you know, in around the same time in, in February to an all-inclusive resort in Cancun, and I loved it there. I, mean, I really, I could say any Caribbean island, city, whatever, that's all-inclusive. Like, that, that's the best part. And this was me going in high school. I was 15, 17 years old. I, you know, I just barely missed being able to legally drink there at 18, but I, I did have enough drinks slipped to me and like had this idea like, oh, I'm going to love to to go here someday. And I, I haven't been back, but I did recently get a text message from my dad's friend asking about a reunion at Moon Palace in Cancun where we stayed. I'm like, I, I, this needs to happen. I need to get back out there. 2023, we'll make it work. We'll get down to Mexico and I'll have a, a grand old time at an all-inclusive resort you know, well over the, the drinking age of 18 down there. So, um, yeah, totally, totally get you wanting to do a top five based on your experience, not just on vacation, but at an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean. I would very much uh, like to put an emphasis on the fact that my ho- my hotel was uh, adults only. Uh, it oh, okay. made it that much better that you didn't have kids working on their cannonballs uh, right next to you, jumping, <laughs> uh, yeah, splashing pool yeah. water into your uh, margarita or mojito or Mai Tai, whatever M you wanted to go with that, yeah, that day. <laughs> uh, the, it, I would say as a, you know, at, at this point in my life, the adult only, and I would very much recommend it for anybody that would be thinking about doing it, go with the adult only. It was, it was such yeah. a nice, like, you know, it was, it was nice not needing to worry about kids being around. Yeah, going as a kid, we were like the only kids there anyway. There were like 10 of us, but like we would just have the basketball court to ourselves the entire night, which was awesome. You know, just being able to play like full court knockout, basically. We, we drove uh, by the Nickelodeon Resort on the way from the hotel to the, oh, yeah. uh, the, to the, airport, uh, the, the airport to the hotel. And uh, mm-hmm. I turned to Anna and I said, why on earth would you bring your kid to the Dominican Republic? Like that, that hotel wasn't even on the beach. Like, I don't know, like just probably randomly. not the place I'm going to bring my kid to yeah. <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. See, Brian would have driven past you like, why on earth did we not stay there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 completely accurate. I agree. I, w- I would say something like that. Yeah, go hang out with SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's good advice. So, um, you know, avoid kids when you're not a kid anymore. So or don't have kids. That's the other you know, the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So, Will, thank you for coming on and joining us. This Thanks for having me, guys. This is, this yeah, is we a great always time. love having guests, and it, it's fun having a new person give some fresh perspective. You know, Brian is able to have someone to bounce Patriots. Uh, oh, it was great. Off of, so. I, I, it, was, yeah. it was awesome doing that. <laughs> I also appreciate you sticking up for Mitch Trubisky there because, you know, it would have been would have been tough, Brian, just being like, no, he see, sucks. I, like, see, I even, like, though, I, even though I say he sucks, I do actually kind of get it. It, it, there is mm-hmm. some ups. He's an upgrade with Mason Rudolph. That's all. Yeah, I mean. that my too. parting yeah. words, Corey. 
my my parting yes. words for it is you called him Mitchell Trubisky earlier. I would I want to be very clear. He is not Mitchell Trubisky. Any guy when you graduate college who tries to change their name from Mitch to Mitchell, I'm sorry, you are damning yourself to be called Mitch for the rest of your See, life. See, I remember he is Mitch Trubisky. I remember before the draft <laughs> when he said, "No, I'm Mitchell Trubisky." That was kind of the first moment where I'm like. This guy sucks. <laughs> he said he doesn't care. He said he signed with either. I thought that I was only going to call him Mitch, but I guess I'll I'll probably say Mitchell sometimes. We'll see if he's if he's playing well. He's Mitch. If I'm mad at him, he's Mitchell. That's, that's how it's going to work. <laughs> All right, so that'll uh, wrap up this episode. We'll have plenty more football and March Madness and baseball and other sports to talk about in the coming weeks and months. So. For our guest host, Will Kalora, my regular co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corinne Thondi. Thanks, everyone.